gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. I'm gonna show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I got Kelly Kapowski pregnant. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is The Aaron Meta Show. February 8th. 2015, you're listening to the Aaron Meta Show. We're here on Mixcloud.com forward slash Aaron Meta. You're also listening on Stitcher, also on Player FM, all the good RSS feeds, iTunes, all that good stuff. And uh, thank you very much for tuning into the show. We've got quite a lot to talk about uh, today, and uh, I have to say, I uh, don't know how I'm uh, sitting up and standing up at the moment because uh, I'm not feeling too well. I've been in bed the entire day. But uh, as you can see, I'm here, and as you can see, we're playing the intro to uh, the Battletoads Double Dragon The Ultimate Team uh, video game. And uh, joining me uh, now for this battle is Kat. Hello. And my, my good friend Harry, how are you doing? I'm not bad, thanks yeah. for having us. And also, this intro makes absolutely no sense, and let me tell you why, because... Uh, uh, also, just to let you also know, Joshua was uh, scheduled to be on the show. Unfortunately, he's really wrapped up with college work at the moment. So, uh, Josh, if you're listening to the show, thanks for trying to get on the show. But obviously, you know, uh, duty calls. And uh, mind you, I was hoping he was going to be on this show because it was going to make uh, some more sense. Because obviously, it's like this show is kind of like, you know, Battletoads meets Double Dragon. You know, it's Cat uh, and, uh, and, and Joshua from like the Hey Arnold days. And also me and Harry from our uh, North Manchester FM days. But... Uh, even then, this intro would still make no sense because there was three battle toads and two members of Double Dragon. So uh, this thing doesn't make any sense, no matter how much uh, you put it, context you put it in. So uh, yeah, I failed there. Yeah, we're off to a good start, aren't we? Yeah. So uh, hey, uh, so Harry, how things been going with yourself? Things have been going very well, thank you. Yeah. Um, obviously, he said we used to be on North Manchester FM together, which was uh, the good old days. But uh, mm -hmm. since then, I've been concentrating on my uh, filmmaking and my writing. Uh, and actually, just before you uh, called us tonight, I'm in the middle of working on a, a feature script um, for an independent film that hopefully we're going to uh, start working on uh, either this year or next year. Uh, time permitting of course oh well that's amazing so uh i mean uh I, actually i did see one of your shots before and uh, it was uh, uh i completely forgot what it was called but uh, i do remember that it didn't involve you putting a suck on your genitals oh yeah that's uh it's basically a feature <laughs> film of that um not not just about having a naked man with a sock covering his genital cluster but um no it's uh it's a film um that kind of expands upon uh, the two characters uh, which are in that film. And, uh, yeah, if anybody out there is interested in seeing that uh, sockered film, uh, you can find it on Vimeo if you just uh, search X's, which is uh, a capital X with uh, uh, an apostrophe 
Was it an apostrophe? The little thing where you add an S to the end of it. I'm, I'm that terribly, would be it. Yeah, I'm terribly <laughs> dyslexic, so I'm, I'm never too sure. But yeah, so it's X's, and uh, the guy whose profile it's on uh, is called John Gray, who also appears in the film with me. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tell you what, let me if you PM me the the link, what I'll do is I'll stick it in the uh, I'll stick it on the Facebook page, and I'll stick it in this episode of the show as well, so uh, people can go find it. So uh, fantastic, I'll yeah. do that for you now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kat, how have you been getting on? I've been doing pretty well. I just um, I just moved from uh, one state to another. I live in the United States. I, I just moved from one state to another recently. I, I uh, used to live in Northern California, and now I'm, move- I, I'm living in the Seattle area, so it's a pretty big transition, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I understand you got, a, got some more jobs recently, uh, I think. Uh, was that you, or was it? I can't remember. Was it, was it yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. I um I I'm working over at uh, Coldstone Creamery and um uh the club demonstration services in Costco. It Costco is the you know famous bulk uh, grocery store over here in the states. I don't know if you guys have something similar to that, but uh but yeah, it, I, I'm basically just selling things. I'm a sales associate, and uh, it's it's been pretty fun. Yeah. It's it's. It's a good job. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, what, I, actually, I love Costco just for the fact that basically the guy who owns it only earns about what about three hundred thousand dollars a year, I believe. So uh, he's actually a very, yeah. very modest guy. So and also, I've heard that employees get really treated really well at Costco. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a rarity these days in uh, big companies for that kind of thing to go on. So uh, yeah, I like it just for that alone. Yeah, I tell you what though, uh, it does remind me though of a really, uh, there's this, uh, I don't mean anything against people from America, but uh, I remember this one time I was talking with, uh, there's a guy called Joey Numbers and he hosts a, a, a podcast called Wrestling Soup and uh, he was t- tech- he was on Twitter and he was uh, tweeting about uh, the uh, the Mars mission that, uh, Ameri- mm. that NASA was doing at the time and uh, he was basically saying that, uh, you know, the average American doesn't even know what, uh, you know, these uh, NASA things are about and, you know, no doubt about the Mars mission and uh, I just had to tweet him and i do apologize to everybody the uh, i said to him the average american's idea of a mars mission is uh, buying a huge box of them at costco <laughs> that's actually really great Very yeah. good. mind you i probably earn the <laughs> hatred of americans by doing that so uh <laughs> just to represent them here on the show Go. yeah so uh and uh, actually, I tell you what, my week was uh, actually. I tell you, my actually, I lie. Uh, my Thursday evening uh, was quite weird because uh, uh, Harry, do you remember the uh, the Curry Mile uh, down yes, in south of yeah, Manchester? Yeah, I remember you... it. I, I venture to it every now and again. Yeah, and uh, well, I was down there myself, and uh, I went to uh, I went to my favorite kebab house, and I was sat there, you know, just eating my chicken tikka kebab, you know, uh, with my chilies and everything, and you know, just minding my own business. This couple walks in, and uh, it's a Muslim couple. Now, it's um, you know, it, this could have been any couple. It's not just you know, like uh, Muslim couples or anything like that. But uh, you know, they sat next to me, and uh, they're bickering about the jealousy of like uh, the wife's sister or something like that. And she just, you know, she's like, she keeps going on and on and on about it. It's like, uh, oh, she's envious that I have this. She's envious that I have that. Uh, oh, she's, uh, you know, she's this, she's that, and everything like that. And uh, the husband's like uh, going, like, um, you know, we're trying to. I mean, assuming trying his best. To to basically calm her down and it's like uh, look you know uh she's uh you know she's obviously like got some kind of evil presence on her or something like that and she like he announces this to the entire kebab house like everyone's <laughs> listening including the staff and stuff like that and it's like uh, 
is like, oh, she's evil, stuff like that. You know, you have to ignore her and things like that. And it's like, then he like drops the uh, the biggest thing, which I just thought everyone just found really hilarious. And like, this is a this is a kebab house full of Muslims. Keep in mind. And basically, yeah. the apparently the sister's problem uh, for basically being jealous and also is all the stuff like that is because she's been cursed by Allah. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I just thought everyone thought that was really hilarious, and uh, I just. Oh have dear! To... So he's cursing people now. Uh, I, I, I have no idea that I'm because I mean I, I've, I've, I'm sure I can't remember reading about that in the the Quran. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, is he has he been hanging out with some of the voodoo people? I have no, I have absolutely no them. idea. All I know is, is that basically everyone, every you know uh, Muslim, every you know patron in that uh, kebab house was basically just laughing, looking at that and just chuckling <laughs> to themselves. And uh, wow. You know, they, they, <laughs> There was one guy who pretty much went over to me and said, uh, you know, this is the reason I got a job to get away from this Jeremy Kyle shit. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That that is a pretty big reach, that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just... Uh, so mine... just trying to quickly pave over that one. I mean, it's obviously... Yeah. I mean, she does... She sound, the, the sister sounds fitter for a start. You know, and it sounds like he's got a lot of frustration pent up that uh, it's just kind of a quick let's just deal with it and let's just get on with our meals. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. also, when I was when I left the kebab house, you know, when I was doing my kebab and uh, no, I was going to be you know crapping fire in the morning, uh, I, uh, I I walked past this guy and uh, he handed me a leaflet and he was like, you know, obviously with the you know the the cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad and all that controversy and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he was handing mm. out uh, you know leaflets for like a protest I was going to be doing in London and stuff like that, and it's. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was expecting him to be, like, you know, really radical and stuff like that, you know, when I was talking to him. But uh, to be honest with you, he did. We did actually find some, like, uh, middle ground because I was like, look, you know, I don't see a reason to draw the Prophet Muhammad, you know, definitely not on this show. I'm not going to put, like, an image of him or anything like that on this show because I don't see a reason to do so. But, you know, right. why can't we criticize him like everybody else who basically stands up and, uh, like, uh, a, like be a public figure or something like that you know if he's going to be saying you know he's going to be teaching all these morals to like these masses it's like can we not question some of the things that he's saying you know it's just so and actually he actually agreed with me on that he actually said yes wow. we believe we should be critics you know if uh, we have no problem with people criticizing the prophets or uh, anything like that but we just don't want you to draw him so which i thought we kind of left on that kind of nice compromise so uh anyway that's uh uh, something we can't, which I wasn't actually expecting. I thought it was like the minute I said, I said, you know, why can't we criticize the Prophet Muhammad? I was expecting him, you know, him go on what go on on me, and I just thought, well, that's the end of that, and just walk away and you know, declare myself the winner or whatever. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, that was quite surprising to be honest with you. So because uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? It's it's kind of been a a hot topic um, certainly over the last month, and uh, I mean, I it, it, I'm I'm really not bothered either way. Like I'm. I'm not calling for people to go out and start doodling. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, it wouldn't bother me if, if it was, you know, I think, I think in the, in the world today, there are certainly more pressing things to be worried about. Like people, yeah. people keeping all the money for themselves and not giving it to the rest of us. And we're all scrapping down below sort of thing. Yeah. More, yeah, totally. Yeah. We have, uh, yeah, we do have more impressive, more important uh, things pressing, like us, uh, for example, uh, a Power Ranger getting arrested for murder. Oh God, yeah. That's, that, <laughs> yeah. 
Wow, that's yeah. that's pretty pressing. Well, <laughs> we all knew it was going to be a certain amount of time before those monsters decided to press charges. <laughs> every every day, every week, death, destruction, and no one seems to bat an eye. But yeah, they've uh, yeah, I, I I did read about this, and I was uh, I was quite surprised about the whole sort of state of affairs i mean you would you you'd like to elaborate further so you yeah absolutely uh, yeah. so this is uh, this is ricardo ricardo medina he uh, played the uh, red ranger in uh, power rangers wild force so he was accused of uh, stabbing uh, to death uh, joshua Souter, who is 36 in their home in uh, palmdale california and this is my understanding of it basically uh him, his girlfriend, and obviously this uh, man who's been unfortunately, you know, stabbed, uh, was uh, we're all living in the same house, and uh, some kind of scuffle obviously took place in the kitchen. And what he did was he took uh, Ricardo, took himself and the girlfriend into his bedroom, and uh, from what I can tell, uh, Joshua uh, forced his he basically locked the door, and then basically he forced his way into the room. And in self defense, uh, Ricardo uh, pulled out a samurai sword and stabbed him was... yeah it, it, it's it's from reading it i mean when i read the, the story uh, of the stabbing and then uh the outcome it all kind of there was a little sort of whiff of pistorius about it um yeah but um i mean again we're never gonna know the truth Really, no. you know, we're only going to no. know what's what's kind of put to us, and only they know well, what happened in the house that night. I yeah. mean, I would always say it's kind of dodgy having three people living in the house anyway, especially a couple, and then a yeah. buddy. Well, um, to be fair, yeah. they, they 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 did let him go, and uh, I believe you know. And for me, actually, I thought that was the the best decision because uh, if you think about it, he locked himself in that bedroom and he locked the door, and basically this guy forced his way in obviously with violent intentions so uh if you know if you had a you know a weapon uh, somewhere to basically to defend yourself because obviously there was already a scuffle in the in the kitchen and obviously he'd already retreated to the bedroom which means obviously he couldn't win with whatever he had in the kitchen so obviously he went to go you know i don't know he didn't he didn't actually uh you know he only picked up the samurai sword when he was in the, when he was in the bedroom and the guy forced his way in and obviously that happened but uh mm. Yeah, so yeah, in, a, in a way, it's, it's I, why is that self defense? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, I was asking, you know, it's like uh, he's obviously in the bedroom. They obviously, he's removed himself from the situation and he's forced his way. And, you know, uh, poor unfortunate Joshua's forced his way into the room, obviously in anger. And uh, Ricardo's obviously taken, you know, stand, stood his ground and defended himself. I mean, I, I, I really didn't understand when they arrested him for, um, um, you know, for murder. That basically, I don't understand why that wasn't self defense. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah, if someone was breaking into your room or any room that you'd locked to sort of get away from them and they broke in, then of course you're going to want to defend yourself. I suppose it's just unfortunate that he happened to defend himself with, you know, uh, a samurai sword. It, it's you know if if he'd have done it with a, a baseball bat or you know or a cricket bat or you know any, anything else then it might not have had the outcome that it did because those things are bloody sharp yeah. a fr- a yeah, friend of mine to, i say a friend of mine he used to have one on top of his wardrobe and he showed it to me and another friend one time and my other friend said oh is it sharp ran his finger along the blade and, of course, cut his finger right open, you know, and that was a light touch. So those things are really dangerous and I, one would assume that uh, it was 
if the case is that he didn't actually murder him, it was in self-defense, it must have just gone in at the at a, a bad angle and, yeah. uh, you know, an unfortunate... Uh, I, w- I would like to think it was the last thing Ricardo wanted to do after playing a children's television character, you know, and, oh, and yeah. also knowing that that, that's what like, you know... Uh, Power Rangers is is really huge in America, um, and and you know it's part of like the whole '90s culture and everything, and and you know it just kind of it kind of threw me for a loop to know that that someone from that kind of show, and I mean you know they have this Facebook page, and it's like oh yeah you know promote uh, kids being uh, good citizens, and and that's what a Power Rangers is all about, and then like in you know I get the news that that this guy's done that, and was accused of murder and i'm like well you know it had to have been an accident like it could it couldn't just be him stabbing someone with a, a sword you know that's really outrageous yeah. like that that to me kind of blew my mind now so some people will probably think you know it's like well you know this guy reached for a samurai sword and obviously stabbed him and uh, some people will think you know obviously he should get some kind of charge for that or something like that now i you know i do somewhat you know disagree with that now i would agree if he reached for his morpher and turn into the Red Ranger. <laughs> I would then think he's declaring intent to kill. But yeah, uh, yeah. And if he and if he used his Megazord, I think that's fifteen to life. But yeah, uh... yeah. But it depends oh. what he did with it. He could have used the Megazord to just kind of pick up this guy between forefinger and thumb and just kind of hold him in the air until he calmed down a bit. But yeah, uh-huh. it, it's it's. I, I immediately when I said it, he stabbed him with a sword. I was immediately thinking, you know, the red power sword. Because that would be... <laughs> yeah. I mean, would that fall into the category of irony? Or not what? Right, I no. don't know. But... Uh, definitely ironic. That would be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. let's keep this in mind. This is like, uh, you know, uh, an unfortunate, you know, death and uh, human being. It's, yeah. not, it's not like of Rita course. Repulsive, like, uh, beamed in a monster and, uh, you know, obviously, you know... Uh, <laughs> you know, he's like, done it. You know, this wasn't like done it like some kind of like drugged up rage or anything like that. And he thought, you know, he was back in Power Rangers or anything yeah. like that. So uh, it was put his brain yeah. into the room. But right? mind you, when he got arrested, I was really surprised at uh, the amount of money that uh, they were demanding for bail. And basically, it was one million dollars, which me didn't make much sense. But uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, what that. Would would the Power Ranger get paid that much? You know, uh, like would would they have? I mean, I don't know any wealthy Power Rangers. You no, know, or like, yeah, no. You know, it's it's yeah, well, that is quite a lot of money for bail, like especially to... if you if you've been brought in for murdering someone. Is that is that it now? Then if you murder someone, if you've got a million quid knocking about. You can go home again. I mean, I, I would I, like to think that uh, you know, uh, well, at least Jason, uh, you know, the guy who played the uh, the Green Ranger and the uh, the White yeah. Ranger, and then appeared, you know, off on and off for uh, you know the next couple of years. You know, I like to think he made quite a bit of money out of uh, being a Power Ranger. And yeah, well, I mean, I, whenever I see anything online, um, it's usually him going around doing anything. I don't know whether he does uh, Ultimate Fighting now. I know that the guy who played Skull, you know, Bulk and Skull, the two bullies, oh, right. yeah. the skinny one, he's a he's mm-hmm. a UFC fighter now, and he's uh, oh that's right, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, mind you, he's the I'm a, you know um, CM Punk, who used to be of WWE fame. He's now in uh, UFC, and uh, people are like setting up like, trying to people are, like rumoring that there's going to be like this gimmick match between you know the uh, the guy who played the Green Ranger and uh, CM Punk. So uh, or maybe who knows? Maybe Skull uh, might be thrown into that mix. <laughs> who, who knows? So it's a like tag team. Uh, That'd be awesome. Uh, well, yeah. be the first, wouldn't it, for uh, for UFC? So mind uh, um, you, it's. Uh, um, yeah, mind you, it's pretty absurd proposition. So, uh, 
Yeah. But we yeah. would love to see it. Yeah, we, we would love to see it. <laughs> so anyway, he was... Uh, anyway, the second half of the story, he was let go. Uh, obviously, the uh, police were very happy that uh, he obviously acted in self-defense for, uh, you know, obviously when he kicked the door down for uh, for aggression. So, uh, mind you, it's... Uh, it's Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's unfortunate news for uh, for him to go through, and I'm sure it's the last thing he wanted. After uh, I don't know if he like he wanted to like you know privately retire or whatever, but uh, obviously it's something he could have really done without in uh, in these circumstances. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. But then I think I think Power Rangers Wild Force finished long ago anyway, so I don't think retirement would have been a, a worry for him in that sense. So do you just mean retiring from the acting community? Oh, oh no, I mean like he was like the Red Ranger. He like he was like that was in like 2002 when he when he played him. So uh, obviously we moved on. What you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Leaps and bounds since then in uh, Power Rangers land, but uh, you know if they probably you know at least some. Uh, Power Rangers I've heard, you know, once they've like, been with the show, they want to kind of like move themselves away because we all knew what happened with the Star Wars actors besides, uh, you know, Harrison Ford when basically, you know, they've been always associated with uh, uh, Star Wars, you know, time and time and time and again and obviously it's kind of ruined all their careers and stuff like that. And I think in a way Power Rangers kind of has that kind of stigma in a way, I think, in, uh, in the acting community but because obviously when you've seen them in Power Rangers, you kind of don't see them anywhere else. So, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, see as an actor myself. It's all it's it's kind of like uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like a, a sort of actor's moral judgment because you can have those actors who do get you know they they get that sort of uh, brand almost that they they can't ever get away from those things. But some actors mm. can actually end up you know quite capitalizing on it. I mean, you look at the people who go to the sort of comic cons and collector manias and stuff like that you know and they they make a good enough living to get by and that they're happy and people still like them and they still come to see them so you know i suppose it's it's all about what you're in it for like if you were wanting to be chameleonic and play loads of different roles and do lots of different things then you know maybe power rangers wouldn't be the best thing to get into but um Mm. you know it goes back to the thing i was reading a um an article saying about you know there's not enough good parts uh for women in film mm. and theater uh oh, now, yeah. now to an extent yeah. uh i completely agree with that you know i i am hungry uh for more good roles uh for women um however there is also the other side of it which is well if 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 there are people that aren't giving you those roles then make them you know like when i'm not being cast Mm. in stuff i will make projects you know like i'm doing with this feature film you know if the parts aren't there for you go out there and make them nobody's going to stop you um yeah and i suppose with the power rangers actors you know they could if certainly if they've if they've earned a bit from the projects um they could you know put that into making films or doing theater or something you know which i think is the premise of the Birdman film that came out. <laughs> but, yeah, really uh, oh, I still have yet to see that. Yeah, have you? Have either of you seen it yet? No, I haven't yeah. seen Birdman yet. No, I mean, I've got to be honest oh. with you. Um, cinema is kind of just you know, I've been so busy with caught up with everything else. It's like I've never had a chance to uh, you know go out and see the uh, the latest film. So uh, I'm going to be walking walking mm. into the Baftas and walking into the Oscars, uh, thinking uh, you know what are these films? So yeah. uh, just, trust yeah. me, <laughs> trust me. If there's if there's one film um, of the year so far that you need to see. Uh, you definitely need to see Birdman because it's really? a phenomenal piece uh, of cinema. It does everything. 
Um, but I won't go into too much detail because I'll be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 is, yeah. it is about a guy who basically like is he's like a superhero, but in the in reality he's not. Uh, basically, he's a pretty bad guy, or uh, is it pretty much? Well, it, the, the premise of the film is that uh, Michael Keaton plays a, a down and out Hollywood actor who's famous for playing a superhero called Birdman. Um, cough, Batman, uh, cough. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> It's not to keep the movie, basically. Um, yeah. It's about him trying to put on uh, a show on Broadway and basically about what his career or how his career has affected his life, affected the life of his mm. family. And uh, it's a really wonderful uh, piece of work. It goes through the whole uh, spectrum of emotions. It does everything to you as an audience member. And it's brilliantly shot and brilliantly performed. There's not one wow. person in the film. So definitely you guys and people at home go and see Birdman while you've still got the chance. I tell you what, Harry, we need to bring you back on this show and do film reviews because, uh, you know, I think I couldn't put that better myself. So Yeah, uh... yeah. well, I would be happy yeah. to. <laughs> oh, that's awesome so anyway talking about going back uh to um you know back to the past uh would you believe we finally you know we've been talking about it for years you know people said it wouldn't happen people said it would happen and then we kind of got things on the side and things like that but then the, <sighs> out of all places the tonight show with jimmy fallon we finally got the reunion of saved by the bell yes that was um pretty spectacular i have to say i mean i will i, will I agree <laughs> I will just say now that when I was a kid, um, Saved by the Bell, I think, was around uh, or it was just starting to sort of phase out as I was Mm. starting to watch lots of telly. And um, so I only sort of remember it being on in the background. But I have Mm. to say, when I watched that clip, the one thing I just kept thinking was, these guys have all aged very, very well. I don't know what they're having for breakfast, but... I want to get down to Waitrose and get me some of that because they look really good. It's probably a mix of uh, water from the Fountain of Youth and probably Botox. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, it was it was just really really strange to watch, but in, at the same time, it was a good kind of strange because it was like you looked at uh, you looked at Zach Morris and you would think that uh, you know it, it, he didn't look any further different from uh, you know obviously you know uh, not at like, all. I'm like, well, a receding hairline maybe, <laughs> but well, <laughs> that it, was the only difference really. I mean, yeah. the people in makeup have probably done very well to make sure that this is going to look like you know uh, you know yesteryear. And uh, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, mind you, there's one thing I'll definitely say. I'm really glad Jimmy Fallon wasn't a regular on on Saved by the Bell because his <laughs> his acting was kind of was kind of wooden, uh, to say the least. Not to, you know, not to say that you know Saved by the Bell has like you know superior acting or anything like that. But yeah, uh, yeah Jimmy just kind of did stick out like a sore thumb in that, uh, which it probably was oh, supposed yeah. to be kind of like maybe the joke. I don't know, but uh, I don't know, like I feel like Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Fallon ever since he took over the Tonight Show from Jay Leno, everyone. Was like you know, to be fair, Jimmy Fallon had this massive expectations thrown on his shoulders. You know, first night yeah. going in, and people have not been extremely ecstatic about Jimmy Fallon being the host of the Tonight Show from Jay Leno. I mean, I remember when you know a couple of people were saying, "Oh, Jimmy Fallon, he's you know he's overrated." Is like we want Jay Leno back. Oh, I've heard news that Jay Leno is going to get double his salary and they're going to bring him back. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, it's just you know. Uh, but and then it was just like that thing where he where he left. Jay Leno left and came back and it was just like not not a lot of people were like oh cool everybody was just like what's going on now like it was it was kind of a mixed i i had mixed feelings about him just like leaving and coming back because they said you know he's retiring whatever and and then you know and then finally came the news of jimmy fallon taking over and 
And I think, you know, I think the torch needed to be passed, honestly. Yeah. In my opinion, it, yeah, it, it was obviously the torch needed to be passed. You know, Jay Leno's been on the t- TV forever, and he, you know, even then, he even himself was getting criticism that he was getting dry, and that you know, a lot of his jokes were just basically falling flat. And uh, he, yeah. he, was, he was needing to do like kind of like you know Saturday Night Live type sketches in order to basically keep himself afloat, which normally he could get over as himself, which obviously was failing. Uh, quite yeah. a lot of the time when he was, you know, in his later episodes. And there was a bit more of an appreciation for him when he basically, they finally told him, you know, obviously you're leaving. But, uh, yeah, if, 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 I think him leaving The Tonight Show was probably saving him from basically, you know, uh, uh, further, uh, you know, being, you know, at least within this generation of people who grew up with Jay Leno kind of being an afterthought. So uh, I think that I think NBC probably did the uh, the best thing. But mind you, whoever came up with this idea, whether it was Jimmy Fallon himself, you know, uh, that's sort of what keeping Jimmy Fallon afloat at the moment. Because you know, is uh, and also I think uh, I think he's gonna, his next one. I think he's going to be doing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think uh, the next. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I saw like a little thing. It was I, I think they already did it. It was like a it it was like a remake of it, but it it was him talking about the tonight show going from new york to la and it was just this silly little thing and and um it wasn't really about the actual show it was about hit it was about jimmy fallon and his journey basically but in fresh prince of bel-air form and it was just the intro like the theme song and then you see like carlton doing the carlton dance which i thought was really great um but uh it's it's just basically the theme song and it's jimmy saying you know oh we went to la like you know so it's it's pretty cool um i i I think the 90s throwback thing is is definitely um it's it's get it's it's good for jimmy's show but i mean i think maybe you know there there could be more yeah do you think it's sad though? Because basically, uh, you know, uh, yeah, obviously we're gonna we might possibly have the possibility of Hey Arnold coming back. You know, obviously that we've been yeah! planning for this entire time. <laughs> and obviously we've uh, got this possibility that other shows will probably be returning. And uh, you know, actually you got to see you know the uh, the Red Dwarf uh, new episodes again. Uh, you know, like uh, they did before. Uh, oh, series oh, ten. Yeah. yeah, series ten. And I got to rewatch those. But and I was just thinking, you know, why is the new stuff not working? Mm. Like, why are we going yeah. back? Yeah. That's I, an interesting I, question. It's it's strange, isn't it? I mean, I I I enjoyed the Red Dwarf ten. I mean, I've been a fan of Red Dwarf my whole life. Um, I think it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, they say that a lot of times. Like people always say, "Oh, I want them to bring back so and so. I want them to do this. I want them to do that." And the 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 reaction that people get, sort of ninety nine point nine percent of the time, is they'll watch something. They'll watch it and they'll be filled with nostalgia, but mm. they're not actually laughing out loud, you know, like they did in the first place. It's 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 kind of, I don't know, like the one, uh, you can't sort of mix the feeling that you get when you're feeling nostalgic with the actual mm. feeling of that's good, you know, mm. and um, yeah. I, I think I think with the Red Dwarf Ten thing. Um, I don't know. It's like I suppose humor um, moves on. People move on. We change. We it socially evolve, and mm. uh, you know. And it's always a gamble to try doing something that's from you know yesteryear because yeah. it, it might not kind of resonate as well with people. 
Um, well, I mean, if we look at, at if, if we looked at that Save by the Bell sketch, and if we looked at that, uh, you know, if we looked at other things that basically have come back, and uh, I remember the uh, the Faulty Towers reunion that uh, happened, you know, briefly, and uh, you know, the, these uh, these things, you know, are working, and uh, the one thing, I mean, I think the one thing they failed to do, I think, in television in general, I think, is when the old stuff ends. Uh, they don't phase in the, the the new stuff very well. So basically, yeah. it's like, you know, uh, I mean, if you look at, um, uh, you know, when, uh, obviously, I know this is going to be pretty really different, but you know, obviously, the Nostalgia Critic and uh, the stuff mm. they're doing over at Channel Awesome, you know, it's like, uh, mm. you know, when, when the Nostalgia Critic ended and uh, then uh, basically it was like, okay, we're going to do demo reel. And uh, obviously that went down, you know, that went over like a, you know, a lead balloon and, uh, you yeah. know, it's uh, in, a, in a fart in church as well. And, uh, you know, any other uh, things you want to put in there. And it was like, it was, and actually that goes back to the, you know, the, the criticism that I'm making. They just have, you know, there are just some people in media who struggle to basically phase in the new stuff. It's like, you know, you would garnish yeah. it with some of the old stuff that's there now, but then you would, wouldn't you use that to basically put over the new stuff? To, uh, you know, and to yeah, I think it's like a struggle for relevancy. I think that definitely it's, you know, it, people try to find what's relevant and they think that that's what people want. But I mean, it, I feel like it's kind of a mix. It's like a 50-50 thing. You know, some people want to be able to to look back and be like, yeah, this is this was the th these were the days, you know, and, and then some people are just like, oh, but that's not relevant, you know, like. Like, the whole thing in the Saved by the Bell sketch, like, it's not actually funny or, like, obvious or whatever, but, like, the, when they did the thing where they pulled out their big honky cell phones, like, yeah. that's, oh, yeah. you know, that's a joke. It's just, a, you know, it's it's a look back, and it's not really relevant anymore, but it's still funny. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was, like, a good way to, like, incorporate the mix of relevancy and still funny. You know, do you know what be? It's like I'm just looking at this now, and like uh, this this uh, video now, since they put it up on uh, the YouTube, it's now got like 25 million hits. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> Gangnam Style didn't even uh, get this, uh, didn't get this much attention until you know wow. in, in the first few days uh, that it came out. So I mean, isn't there? an argument to say that, you know, uh, maybe they should, you know, probably like uh, kind of do what they did with, not with, not exactly what they did with Web Dwarf, you know, when they did like the movies, when they did like, you know, they did like three or four episodes or whatever. I mean, why not yeah. do like just for, just for a laugh, just like uh, say, okay guys, here's a couple of million dollars, so, you know, do like three or four episodes of Saved by the Bell and we'll just like do like a, you know, like a parody kind of like, you know, show and like, you know, that would get on a millions of views if you ask me on television. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that that would be, I, I think that, that that would be a good idea. I mean, you know, kind of transitioning uh, and and thinking about the whole Hey Arnold thing, too, where it's just like, that that's a whole nother, you know, ballpark. But yeah. I mean, like, just being able to say, like, here's some money, see what you can do with it, and then, you know, see where it goes. And, you know, I, I think the possibilities are endless when it comes to, like, the whole throwback thing and like being able to bring back things that people really loved and like, you know, they, and things like, like Hey Arnold, you know, are very, they're very, um, they have a lot of morals and they're very, you know, strong, and, but also, you know, people enjoyed them for the, the episodes for what they were. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I think that that also isn't really an issue of relevancy. I think a lot of it was just like kids being kids and like, the lessons they learned in life and like a kind of coming of age kind of thing. And I, I think that that still stands relevant in itself. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, uh, 
think that's pretty much nail on the head right there. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I, I, I suppose with something like Hey Arnold, I mean, say by the bell, all them jokes were sort of like the sort of 80s jokes um, mm. that you laugh at because you go, oh, God, the 80s, I remember them. Um, you know, whereas a kid nowadays would probably look at that and go, what's everybody laughing at? You know, it's... Yeah. But, but with Hey Arnold, I suppose Hey Arnold was sort of timeless in the sense that it didn't it didn't sort of hang too heavy on the era that it was set in like you say it was more about the kids and their stories and uh the sort of the the the, the lessons that they put across um i mean i remember some of the hey arnold episodes being quite uh quite touching um again which yeah. is a sort of it's a different topic really but i was saying this because uh, i went back to hull um, which is somewhere in Yorkshire, uh, as far <laughs> east of Yorkshire as you can get. So Hull is kind of like the elephant graveyard of Yorkshire. It's the kind of dark, shady patch in the corner that people don't go to. But um, we, when I was back in Hull, I was um, on the uh, Sky and Sky Plus, and you know, you sort of have a browse through and go, you know, what's what's going on in cartoon world these days? And I was just astounded by how much rubbish there was on the cartoon channels. I, yeah. I could, just for, just for, you know, just for sort of research purposes, I would yeah. sort of watch some of these things. I was just like, you know, if I was a child, I would certainly not be getting anything from this other than, you know, it's filling up a bit of time during the day um yeah but i i didn't feel that there was anything that kids you know or even older people could kind of take away from it because you look back at things like hey arnold or rugrats or things and yeah all right there are cartoons that are for kids but they kind of take on a whole new kind of relevance when you get older because there was stuff mm. in there that you know that was then relevant to you as an older person, you know, and uh, yeah. with a lot of kids' cartoons now, I mean, just in to, to sort of sum them up, they just seem to be stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, the the modern cartoon network. I just you know, there's just something I just don't understand. Like this, for example, why the hell does the annoying orange uh, get a t- animated television show? I don't Has understand. Got a, it's got a television yeah. show. It's got it's, a television show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just, uh, <laughs> it's an unfortunate thing, and I think it's really dumb, and I, I don't understand why. And just anything. You can just turn anything into something that that's, like, publicized or, or made into a show. It's it's so ridiculous. It's just, yeah. like, why like, why got, would you even do that? You just, look at, you just look at some of these modern shows. It's like The Annoying Orange, Fanboy and Chum Chum, some of these uh, other ones. You just look at all these awful, awful shows, and you just uh, say to yourself, These are the faces of evil. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's true, yeah, and and it's it's the kind of thing that actually puts you off having children because you think if I if I have children and then heaven forbid I have to leave them in this world and this is all they've got for input, 
what kind of people are they going to be when they grow up? They're not going to be. That, like, that actually yeah. scares me because at least you know with uh, Hey Arnold, you, you know you had uh, <laughs> you know I know we keep going back to this show and but also Doug, you know Rugrats. At least you know you had people with character and you managed to be able to root with the people with the good characters and you managed to actually you know phase the people out who uh, you know obviously had the bad morals and uh, be able to you can yeah. get in between the two. Now you just have you know SpongeBob SquarePants. You don't know whether whether you know if he's good or if he's evil or if he's you know if he's the Batman or if he's the Joker. Or if he's uh, something or that or the other. It's like, you no. know, it's just, there's, there's, just, there's no middle ground no, to, to, to read just, with SpongeBob SquarePants. It's just, the, it's just the stupid, annoying characters with stupid things happening. Like, again, you don't take anything away from it. Um, but, you know, I see, people, I see men who are older than me walking around with, you know, belt buckles in the shape of SpongeBob SquarePants. And it, again, oh, it kind yeah. of reflects on the time that we're in. Like, yeah. How people like you know, if you throw something in people's faces enough, then they will just kind of be like, "Oh, it's the best thing ever." But I don't even think they know why they're saying that. They're just saying it, yeah, because well, because it is the best thing ever. You know, like there's no reason for it. Mm. I look back on um, again, like I don't know. Cartoons don't seem to take as many risks. As they used to. Oh no! Mm. Oh, you know, like, in, in, was... in the world of political correctness, uh, cartoons taking risk perish the thought. I know exactly. Like people seem to think that by you know exposing children to you know things that might be upsetting or you know quote unquote disturbing, that somehow yeah. that is going to break them for the rest of their lives and they're never going to be able to cope. You know, I saw as a child many, many times, because we had it on video, uh, a film called The Secret of Nim. Um, oh, the- oh, yeah, the Secret that's of a Nim. good one. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a brilliant film. There's some pretty harrowing things in it. But, you know, I turned out all right. Yeah. And, and it uh, had a good story. And that's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like it's got gritty it's got gritty things and it's got a good story. And that's what we've been brought up on. Now, you feel, I feel like you get these, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the other side of like, uh, you know, the, the upper side of the millennials, you know, growing up on mm. this, you know, this PC, uh, play it safe, you know, uh, styrofoam garbage. And yeah. it just, it feels like, you know, it's kind of sucking the kind of like the characters out of them. I mean, if you look at, yeah. the, for example, like the Lorax. I mean, uh, you know, obviously we read oh, the book as uh, the film. The film is so brilliant. The 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 CGI film that is. I mean, the, the I mean, obviously the animated film, but like the CGI film to me is like one of the best newer newer films that any kid could watch at all. Like it's that there's like a deleted song in it, even about. Uh, well, it's not a deleted song. It's like deleted lyrics of the Lorax, and he's hmm. talking about how like pride and greed are like these horrible things and i'm just like why didn't you actually put that in the movie it's so yeah. perfect and even then though it's like you know the idea of the of the of the, the lorax was that basically here's this guy he got massively greedy chopped down all these trees and uh, basically left nothing for the future generation except for this one being yeah. which he gives to this kid in the and in the hopes that you know this kid will turn around and you know uh, build you know a new generation or make life better for you know the people that are there now and left it at that mm-hmm. But, you know, in the Lorax, obviously, there had to be this, you know, this dramatic, you know, uh, ending scene where basically everything's kind of, you know, mapped out for them, which in a way, you know, really defeated the idea of the uh, of the Dr. Seuss book. It really did. And so, uh, you know, it's just it's just, you know, uh, 
you do wonder about. Anyway, back to back to Saved by the Bell. Uh, <laughs> we've got, we've gone bit, way, way off track. I was a bit uh, disappointed uh, to see that, uh, what's his name? Is it Screech? He didn't... Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't there. And really? I'm I not. He, yeah. <laughs> I think he's in court. There was someone else missing, though. There was, uh, yeah, there were Lark uh, Vories, who played Lisa Turtle in... Uh, in oh, yeah. yeah. She was missing out of it, but uh, obviously she's got like, got a massive, like, a massive schedule, and, uh, you know, she's not only just, like, do, like, all the side projects, she also, like, writes books and stuff like that, so you can probably imagine mm. she was never going to make it into that sketch. But, uh, actually, on top of that, she didn't really... She, I, don't, I think out of all of them, I think she probably would have looked the most different out of the... Uh, out of the lot because she's changed her look quite a lot since then mind you speaking of changing her looks and you know i know you're very big on you know uh you know um this kind of stuff so i know you're going to castrate me after saying this but so you know mr belding has put on a lot of weight <laughs> no that's what i said too <laughs> yeah it's like, I was I was kind of amused by that actually. He's <laughs> like, wet, wet, I mean, like uh, I thought I thought like uh, they just got like when I first saw him I thought oh no they just got one of the, like uh, you know the, uh, the, the 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 people who like do the sketches and stuff like that just to play Mister yeah. Building. But then I thought wow that's Daniel Haskins. It's like I'm <laughs> I, I'm shocked. It's like he looks nothing like his Twitter Twitter page. I mean his uh, Twitter ah. image. So uh, yeah, he's uh, cheating a little bit there, but uh, yeah. And also on top of that, I think he did actually make an appearance on watching McCauley on uh, the wrestling show WWE Raw, I think, and he was a lot thinner than that. Oh thought, wow! On that, on that on that appearance, and that was only a couple of years ago. So he's put on a, really, a, yeah, he's put on a considerable amount of weight in a in a good couple of years, which uh, is I don't know if that's concerning or not. I'm, I'm not too sure, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, Mr. Belding looked different. You know, Jamie Fallon. You know, bless him. He looks a bit wooden in that. In in that, and uh, you know, obviously, I like, tried to play along. You know, tried to uh, try to find some chemistry with Zach, which he did find once or twice. But you know, obviously, hmm. it's uh, something he can't you know sustain. Which uh, you know, obviously, it's going to be up to him whether he uh, uh, picks himself up or not, and uh, you know, carries on with the. Uh, with the Tonight Show, but uh, I, I don't know. It's like uh, the Save by the Bell cast; they look great, but you know, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But, uh, you know, uh, obviously obviously we did say, you know, Log Voris is obviously missing. And obviously Screech is missing. And some people say, oh, I miss Screech and stuff like that. But I've got to be honest with you, after everything he's done over the last couple of years, I, I could really care less whether he was in that sketch or not. Well, yeah, I mean, how how uh, how would you have sort of weaved him into the, the thing? Going? I wouldn't. I, I, you want to know why? Because let's keep this in mind. Um, Dustin Diamond... Uh, has behaved, in my opinion, atrociously over the last couple of years since mm. he left Saved by the oh, Bell. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, he uh, tried to weed his way back in, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, when the uh, the Saved by the Bell actually ended, I, I believe, and I don't know if this is true or not, but you know, he was, uh, you know, getting NBC basically. He was lobbying NBC tirelessly to uh, basically make a new uh, uh, series of Saved by the Bell, which he says, "Oh no, make this new series. It's going to be big. It's going to stuff like that." And then they basically came up with uh, Saved by the Bell, the new class. And so he was brought sure. in as like the assistant and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, God. and that that went went for one season, and then we never heard of it again. So, yeah. uh, and obviously that that fell down, and that really damaged uh, Dustin Diamond quite a bit, from at least an NBC standpoint. So, I won't be surprised. They said, you know, if he convinced them, basically say, oh, this is going to make millions, stuff like that, yada yada yada, ratings are going to be through the roof. You know, here's Say by the Bell again with a brand new class, and here's me and Daniel Haskins, and obviously it fell flat, and uh, so I'd imagine he fell out of favor with uh, with them at that point. But then came out another thing. You know, I'm not sure if you guys ever heard of the uh, website ytmnd.com. Uh, you the man now, dog. Um, the guy who originally made that website, Max Goldman, uh, he um, originally had the owned, actually owned the domain DustinDiamond.com, 
and uh, <laughs> basically he was up basically for giving Dustin Diamond the uh, the domain from what I recall but instead mm. uh, Dustin Diamond hired an extremely expensive lawyer to basically sue uh max goldman for instead of asking him nicely basically you look you know can we work out something you know and uh, get the uh uh get get you know can I have the domain for you know for a certain amount of money no he sued the bastard <laughs> you know, wow classy <laughs> and so then uh, obviously that happened and uh, then he uh then he fell into the whole kogan crowd and let Fuck. me tell you something, and don't get me wrong, I'm a Hulkamaniac from like a couple of years ago and stuff like that, and I really yeah. loved, you know, time he was in the 90s and things like that, but if you look, you know, since Ho- Ho- post-Hogan's Knows Best, uh, you know, you get to see basically how, you know, slimy Hulk Hogan can actually be in business and stuff like that, you know, with... Uh, oh, good lord. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with his son, obviously, you know, uh, put, you know, obviously in that car accident and just putting his, like... Uh, uh, friend's son in like a vegetative state not Hulk Hogan but you know, obviously Nick Hogan and the way he basically behaved yeah. throughout that and then there was like the, the, the messy divorce with Linda Hogan then we had the sex tape and then we had everything yeah. else and then we had all the crap with TMZ and it's just Hulk Hogan just kind of just you know did not paint himself in a good light and why WWE continues to use him in stuff I have absolutely no idea when you can't even string you know two words together without uh, screwing up you know it was like uh, it's the super it's you know it's, it's a he called the he was like in the major WWE event WrestleMania, and he instead of calling it the uh, the Superdome, he called it the Silverdome, and so oh, he pretty much outraged outraged everybody when he said it. So and everyone's just making fun of him ever since. And he's just you know, so basically Dustin Diamond fell into that crowd, and uh, since then Dustin Diamond's basically been following basically his example. He's been trying to say anything absolutely whatsoever to get himself into the media. He obviously did that sex tape, you know, for which uh, you know everyone's trying to forget. And then he did the uh, lowest thing, which uh, I'm assuming when he did it, he basically didn't think he was going to be doing Saved by the Bell ever again. So he wrote that book behind the bell. Which was uh, basically where he slated pretty much all his cast members. And, I remember uh, that. I remember hearing yeah. about that. And you know what? He went on Oprah Winfrey, right? And basically, he tried to distance himself from the book and everything like that. But there is a YouTube clip uh, of him promoting the book and reading excerpts uh, for a good six minutes. So it's just, you wow. Know, yeah, jackass. And uh, it's just, you know, uh, I just, uh, for me, Dustin Diamond has basically painted himself in shame. And the icing on the cake has obviously been, uh, you know, getting himself arrested for uh, allegedly stabbing somebody. You know, obviously I'll put allegedly in there because he's not been charged or anything like that. But uh, (laughs) yeah, in the last couple of years, you know, obviously uh, that Oprah Winfrey interview is a load of crap as well. I believe he uh, did not tell the truth uh, throughout that entire interview. But, uh, um, you know, uh, there's a, for me... Um, Dustin Diamond has basically just, you know, kind of desecrated himself, really. And uh, to me, if I was booking that uh, side by the bell sketch, Dustin Diamond would be nowhere near it. No, no. That's, uh, good job they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and people wonder why I call myself the uncensored, unscripted, loose cannon of commentary. So there you go. It's, there I've, you got go. A, I've got a voice and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So... I mean, uh, so anyway, mind you, uh, say, to end this on a good note, uh, Saved by the Bell, that sketch, massive success. Uh, mm-hmm. If NBC don't do something with it, I would be think they would be insane because obviously, you know, put, get, do what they did with Red Dwarf, you know, put, put it, you know, uh, give them a load of money, you know, do like three or four like uh, parody episodes, you know, do some jokes with it and uh, make a lot of people happy and make everyone watch NBC. So, uh, you know, you got, uh, yeah. you got something there. So, yeah, yeah and uh, so that's, that's interesting. Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah, that sure. is, that cool. is, that is indeed. 
Yep, this uh, story now. You know, I don't like giving these people attention because that's exactly what they're you know they're doing with like all the you know all the crap they're doing with like all the beheadings. You know, setting that guy on fire, uh, all the other stuff on top of that as well. You know, like they're all they're doing is just trying to get attention. This is nothing to do with Islam. This is nothing to do with uh, anything else whatsoever. This is just about basically you know saying ooh be scared of us you know uh, and stuff like that and uh, and also just kind of showing out like kind of like a, you know kind of like a gang where it's kind of like a, you know uh, hey we wasted this motherfucker you know you should join us cuz we're nah. the hard boys and uh, you know uh, we'll you know make you the new blood of the of the gang and stuff like that so uh, obviously they've been getting a lot of people from all over the world uh, who uh, you know have been basically led astray to uh, join this um, this Islamic state uh, or as i refer to it uh, un-Islamic hate uh, and so, yeah. but mind you, there is one thing they've always been say, stating, which uh, obviously has differed from other, you know, Islamic traditions, if you will, and that is that they've been saying that uh, to at least to the Western world of women who uh, are being suckered into this, you know, this facade, uh, that uh, you know they will be, you know, jihadi brides, and uh, that they'll be fighting alongside their husbands and things like that. Well, the Quilliam Foundation, who do some uh, quite spectacular work, if you ask me. Uh, mind you, they got Tommy Robinson out of the English Defence League, so if you can do that, then uh, quite frankly, I tip my hat off to anyone who can get people out of extremism. Um, <laughs> they basically uh, published a guide to how women should be treated in Islamic State, which was actually aimed at the Middle Eastern countries rather than the mm. West. So uh, I've i got to be honest with you, I didn't go through the entire stuff, but uh, The Guardian, uh, who uh, are very useful, have uh, done a uh, kind of like a a, uh, a brief description of basically what it is. And uh, basically it's... Uh, so shall I read through this and uh, see how uh, insanely crap this can get? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, so uh, in this guide uh, to women who live in the Islamic State, uh, the uh, girls can, uh, can get married to uh, their jihadi husbands at the age of nine. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's, I mean... Nine I, years old? Yeah. Really? I, it's it's not, it's not good. I mean, certainly not for a wedding. I mean... No. You know, the, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm kind of lost for words with it, but yeah, yeah keep, keep going. Well, yeah, so <laughs> should, should ideally, uh, ideally husbands uh, should be about 16 or 17 years old and uh, should not be corrupted by going to work. Uh, according to uh, these uh, documents that have been translated out of Arabic and translated to uh, to a language we can understand. And uh, so uh, the documents, Women for Islamic State Manifesto and Case Studies, uh, says that women should be behind closed doors and leave the house only in exceptional circumstances, which, uh, you know, kind of is kind of rule number one for a nine-year-old if you've got one in your care. But, right. uh, but, uh, uh, but you know... So to... Living as a house prisoner. Yeah, right. basically. But, uh, you know, uh, this is like... If I imagine if you're married okay and your and your wife that you love is nine and yeah. basically you're expecting her to basically be the head of the household to look after children and cook and clean and stuff like that it's like how do you expect her to i mean put away the you know the disgusting you know uh jimmy savile uh you know approach to this but yeah. Uh, yeah. you know how on earth is a nine-year-old gonna act as your spouse I mean, what? You wake up in the morning. You want egg and bread. You want egg and you know, or well, not egg and bacon, but uh, you know, obviously, for the <laughs> but you know, yeah. um, you want breakfast. And he's like, yeah. "What on earth is she gonna do? What bake you? Uh, you know, uh, pink icing cupcakes in an easy bake oven? I mean, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's I, I don't understand where this whole thing has come from. Of like, you know, brides who are, you know, who who literally are 
children you know it's not even like they're at the at the gates of puberty it's like they are literally just children they're uh, nine <laughs> it's it, it's i mean it it's a it it, it staggers me that that there could be you know a group of people yeah. who look at that and think you know that's that's okay i i um, just want to know from actually I, maybe i don't or maybe i do i just want to know from somebody just to tell me what is the appeal of going to this godforsaken corner of Syria and Iraq to go there and basically, you know, uh, raise all sorts of hell, uh, which is ironic given that you're supposed to be a Muslim and not do that. And, uh, and you know, well, what is the appeal of going around killing people, beheading people, throwing them off buildings, burying them alive, uh, setting fire to them in cages, uh, doing all this crap? And um, on top of that, I mean, think about it this way. And honestly, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to uh, put this together through uh, things that I've heard uh, about okay. basically living Islamic State. So you wake up in the morning, basically, to your nine-year-old wife, and obviously you're not going to get a good breakfast because obviously she's going to be cooking you, you know, cupcakes in your easy bake oven. So obviously you already are, you're already pissed and already well to go out and you know. Uh, so you say goodbye to your wife. She's like, go away, honey. I'm going to go fight the infidels and uh, you know, godforsaken whatever. So you go out and uh, I'm and I, I swear to God this is true, uh, or to Allah, whatever. But uh, <laughs> basically, you um, there is you know one jihadi who came back has basically said that uh, he missed his toilet roll and his moisturizer. Wow. So yeah, he sounds truly terrifying. Yeah, well, mind you. So basically, you're taking a shit and you can't even wipe after yourself. So obviously, you know, you stink of feces uh, the entire time while you're dressed up in your, uh, you know, your uh, black hood and uh, yeah, you know your army gear, yeah. your army gear and yeah. uh, stuff like that. And uh, so you're probably saying to yourself, you know, well, this is what Counter Striker was like when I was playing it. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So you're going out there. You've, you're in the middle of the desert, which is you know stone dry, and so you're not yeah. got your moisturizer. So basically, you're sat there smelling like shit and have dry skin, and uh, yeah. probably have some kind of you know skin disease. I don't know, but uh, and there you are, you know, um, pretty much uh, filming yourself, cutting people's heads off, and pretty much uh, building up your own evidence and shooting yourself in the foot, pretty much uh, when you go to a, you know either unless you blow up in some suicide attack you know you're pretty much setting yourself up for uh you know the international criminal court or when you go basically come back and you know gonna get locked away forever in belmarsh or whatever yeah. but um and uh so then once you've had a day of going through all that and basically say you know counting how, how much your life pretty much sucks at this point you go back home to find that uh, you know your house is already half burnt down because you left your nine-year-old to cook in the house and uh you know then you just go to bed thinking you're going to get another wife in the morning and then you just lie there with your eyes awake and not able to fall asleep and just think wow my life is fucking shit yeah but this is the life apparently that they're wanting to to fight for what uh, what, um... what what life it's exactly like, yeah this year old wife's in bed next to them crying and he's thinking oh for christ's sake grow up well it's like what 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 is the appeal of this so no, you know, I would really I, like someone. I would really like you know. Maybe I don't want. I don't want anyone anything to do with you know some of these you know uh, wacky you know, so-called Muslims. But uh, you know, I would really like to see what the, what the appeal is to all of this. And basically, yeah, you know, and yeah. also keep in mind Boris Johnson, you know, the mayor of London, when he said, you know, these are just lonely guys who basically want to jerk off to porn and uh, you know just uh, isolated from society and stuff like that. It's like you can't yeah. even you can't even do that in Islamic State. It's uh, I believe in the Sharia, wow. it's not you're not even allowed to jerk off to porn. So. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, yeah, to, to, to sort of 
take my uh, my view of it because I mean I'm 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 an atheist, so I don't kind of have uh, belief in any sort of religious doctrine whatsoever. Mm. Oh, so you don't, um, so uh, Harry, you don't you, know. be- you don't you don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> no, no, I mean there may have been you know a carpenter who was knocking around at that time. Um, and I would love it if he actually spoke like that as well. Hey, Jesus, what did you say when you died for your sins? Jesus! Yeah, I would have said the same thing too. <laughs> but the, the point is that like, it, it, it doesn't bother me either way uh what anybody thinks um you know i just kind of live by the premise that i just try and get on with my own life uh make uh try and make sense of my life um and you know try and have uh, try and give meaning to it myself rather than trying to find it somewhere else certainly not in a, a book that was written you know long before any of the the things that we have in society existed today. Uh, um, you know, I'm just reading and... through. I'm just reading through this. Sorry, and actually, there's a part here that basically says that uh, the uh, the uh, Islamic states actually oppose science because they uh, do not like the idea of trying to uncover secrets of nature and uh, reaching the peaks of architectural sophistication or whatever. So great, we've got another bunch of morons who don't believe in climate change. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that's it. You see that that's that's one of the. That's one of the brilliant things about the world in which we live in now is that, you know, science and reason and discovery, you know, it's and technology. Not, yeah, it's not it's not something that you can be burned at the stake for anymore. You know, people have actually yeah. realized that, hey, this this is good for us. You know, I mean, to, and that's not to say that, you know, all science is good. Like, surely when it gets to the point where you've got someone like Stephen Hawking saying, you know, if we go too far with artificial intelligence it could be the end of us all together um but uh or of course like you know nuclear bombs in fact i think it was stephen hawking who said that as well he says it's it's ironic that the human being is intelligent enough to you know discover and create nuclear weapons but are they smart enough not to use them you know yeah. it's uh, so it's not it's not all peaches and cream like everything it's not all peaches and cream um but this, this, you know, the fact that I think that one of the ways um, that we could maybe try dealing with, you know, extremist groups like this um, is by the same as I think, you know, like when they did with the BNP, when they suddenly became a lot more vocal, uh, people just ignored them and didn't mm. give them any airtime satisfaction and, and yeah. didn't didn't sort of well i disagree something with like that i mean let's let's not forget the uh the embarrassment that was uh nick griffin's appearance on bbc question time that was pretty much a uh that pretty much burnt the house down in regards to uh, oh yeah uh, the yeah BNP, i mean like so. yeah they, they they got him on there you know and he he said he said a few things um you know and everyone quite rightly sort of put the guy in his place yeah. uh I mean, there was a part of me at the time that felt very confused because there was a part of me that, in a strange way, felt sympathetic towards him because it was just so painful to watch someone burn 
so yeah, badly as, it, it he did, was, as he did that night. It filled you with this weird emotion. I, I, I did to a degree, but then I thought, well, wait a second. You know, this is a guy who knew full on well that the BBC, in his opinion, was like this far left, you know, ultra leftist, whatever it was who he finished yep. that show off with. And he's like, well, dude, you just walked right into the lion's den and pretty much locked the door behind you. It's yeah. like <laughs> uh, you, you have no excuse to basically, yeah. you know, have been on that. BBC question. Yeah. I mean, if you thought it was a fix, you would have turned it down. But no, yeah. you were. Uh, you pretty much played to your own uh, unsatiable ego and came on that show and basically made an ass out of yourself. And basically, yeah. that's uh, that. That that was you. You know, done and dusted pretty much. And uh, now you're pretty much you're out of the BNP. You've been. Uh, you're out of there. You're in heavy amounts of debt. You've already had your car repossessed. And it's like you know, how far low can you go? I think it's just time to just stop. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, and I suppose that that's the thing with regards to uh, ISIS and this, you know, the people who are saying that they should live under the, the Islamic Sharia What, shall we repossess their cars? Uh, mm. Yeah, exactly. Repossess everything. <laughs> uh, but I suppose the difference is that, I mean, as far as I know, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Griffin wasn't literally burning people or cutting people's heads off. Now, that's the thing that you know it needs to be dealt with you know well i mean in regards to nick griffin and also you know i'll be careful my words here but uh you know there was a i do remember the bbc panorama documentary when they said you know uh nick griffin was in the position where he could have stopped you know the oldham riots and pretty much all he just said was you know we're all in this together and stuff like that so you know he was in that pub that night and people are basically saying that basically he was more you know just basically you know agreeing with them and stuff like that and you know going out and do some violence and stuff like that so i mean he has been in positions where he could have stopped something, but deliberately let them happen. So yeah. for me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, I think uh, you know Nick Griffin uh, was uh, pretty much involved in basically what was going on, and uh, I'm sure he must have had some knowledge of basically what some of his, uh, you know, uh, um, members who basically been like arrested and stuff like that for like you know weapons and stuff like that, and uh, you know, uh, surely he must have had some kind of knowledge of what was going on in his party, of uh, how basically how violent and how, you know, extreme it was basically was getting. So, sure. you know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like corporate responsibility. It's like, you know, if you're a, an owner of a company and basically you're, you know, were responsible for, I mean, so I mean, so, so, I mean, uh, I guess the closest uh, thing I could probably put to Nick Griffin is probably like Adolf Hitler, where basically, you know, uh, which is funny enough, and where, you know, obviously 6 million Jews died in the Holocaust and everything like that. And, yeah. um, you know who was going to get held responsible for that? Knew who was held responsible for that? Well, obviously Hitler took his own life, so obviously it was held to the uh, administration at the time, and their feet were held to the fire. So uh, you know, in in the Nuremberg trials. So yeah. uh, whether you think they're right well, or wrong right. or not, you know, obviously, you know, that happens. So uh, you know, that still needs to be, in my opinion, a president when it comes to uh, you know things like that. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the, the, I suppose the uh, like the 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 people. Uh, fighting with ISIS uh, in the same way as the Nazis, you know, if you have an ideology, um, you know, that in a way you can hide behind or justify for what you're doing. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the time it's because, oh, you know, we're so hard done to and this is reclaiming, um, you know, we're reclaiming what should rightfully be ours. Now, from, from one perspective, you know, one can almost relate to that in the sense that, you know, the world at the moment is kind of being shafted, 
you know, financially in terms of the fact that there are a lot of very, very rich people um, who seem to want to stay rich, uh, despite the yeah. fact that lots of people say, you know, well, we want the economy to get better. We want things to be better for everybody. Yet they're not prepared to kind of spread it around. And there's a lot of us who are sat there uh, having to put up with stuff because the people at the top are sort of changing the rule book so that everything suits them all hunky-dory. Well, you know what it is? It's basically, it. it's uh, at the moment, economically, it's basically socialism for the rich and capitalism for everybody else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, you, you can, in, to a certain degree, you can understand this frustration that people have with, uh, you know, a regime um, uh, or an ideology. And, you know, of course, you want to tear it down and everything be all right for everybody. But at no point, as far as I'm concerned, should there ever be uh, a need to um, use violence uh, or to kill people, hurt people, regardless of what you think and what you believe. Um, You can't be going around doing that. And I don't care what argument you present to me or anything like that. if you go around doing that, then you are just, you know, a barbarian. An extremist. Yeah. yeah. And it just, yeah. and for me, it kind of just reemphasizes, um, you know, a lot of our primal uh, behaviors and instincts. You know, we've, we've come a long way since the days of, you know, mm-hmm. beating things to death with clubs and things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when people go around doing things like this, yeah. all right, it's not quite primal, but it's certainly medieval. And the whole point of medieval is that it should only exist in history books and we should look back on it and saying, God, weren't those awful times? I'm glad we've come a long way since then. So I kind of get totally. freaked out when in the year 2015, you're seeing people being burnt at the stake and beheaded. And it's like... And crucified. How- you know, yeah. it, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just think, how how is this how is this going on? Um, but then again, that's not to say that at the other end of things, you've obviously got a lot of this medieval madness going on. But then there's a lot of the new age uh, violence of you know drones and yeah. hacking and stuff going it, on. And it's you difficult just, because you, um, I mean. You look at Islamic State and it's like, you know, some people like compare this to like, you know, when, you know, the times of the Nazis when, you know, the problem is with the Nazis, you know, basically it was the Third Reich where basically you had, you know, them all invading Europe and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. the problem is, is though, you've not got this with Islamic State. You've got it on a very small scale. It's it's not like, you know, where they're on the beaches of Normandy waiting to come over and, you know, invade us. You know, this is uh, something that's, you know, in a, in a landlocked uh, country between, you know, a, a, a desperate dictator in Syria and also, you know, a, uh, uh, a lame duck administration in in Iraq, so uh, it's uh, yeah. very different from, and it's really hard to see where the end could be here in this. And uh, my biggest fear is is that basically, uh, obviously, this feels kind of like, uh, uh, you know, not say I've lived through the Korean War, obviously I've not, but uh, if you think about it this way, obviously North Korea in a way was kind of founded in the sort of the same circumstances where you had, uh, you know, this uh, uh, ideological, ideologically based uh, thing around a dynasty. So obviously you got this caliph in this Islamic State, kind of the same way you had Kim Il-sung in uh, in North Korea. And uh, obviously there's the uh, 
the substance there to basically say, okay, we're going to have this country and uh, obviously no one can do anything about it because uh, we've got people who are backing us. You know, who those people are, we don't know. But, uh, mm. you know, the, 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 it feels like the same circumstances uh, that uh, brought up the most, uh, you know, brutal regime in the world, which uh, in for the last uh, 65 years, is kind of forming in the same spot in the right in the middle of the Middle East, which is... Uh, mm. Kind of distressing. So uh... yeah, and it, and I, the worst thing is that with anything like that, I mean, you look at North Korea and you just think, God, those people. You know, if if you are fed one idea, one sort of way of thinking all the time, then you know it, it it's it well it is mass brainwashing isn't it you know and oh yeah with this it's not i mean with north korea that's kind of giving praise to you know the the head of the state in the same way that uh the nazis was giving praise to the fuhrer but with something like this when it's kind of praise to uh a god a deity um it's you know, it, it's kind of amplified even more. And yeah. the, the, the worst thing is that it isn't just sort of uh, local to that area because it's something that, you know, there, there's people living all over the world in all countries and it, it can speak to them as well, not just the people living in that one area. And that's that's the frightening thing, that this, this can sort of, you know, it can spread like that and um yeah. there's, there's you know, times where i want to like compare it to like uh, you know the jonestown massacre uh in yeah. uh in a, in south america where uh you know they all drank kool-aid and uh you know that was that was the end of that but obviously because yeah. uh, they believe in this uh idea that uh you know they were all going to you know eventually die and uh you know ascend to uh to heaven and stuff like that so uh whether that's i really highly doubt that's going to have the same you know uh type of um you know uh you know that's why it's kind of hard to call it like you know kind of this cultish like atmosphere because obviously if it was this kind of like ideologically driven cult uh obviously they would have done something you know very um very you know if they were threatened to a to a degree they would have done something very extreme which obviously not saying that they're not doing now but you would think you know you know a lot of kool-aid will be you know be distributed across this land state by now but obviously it's uh <laughs> not in that situation so uh yeah and to go back as well to the um like you're saying, um, the, the sort of the, the original opening topic about the uh, the treatment of women and stuff like that. It, it's 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 astonishing to me because I'm I'm a big sort of pioneer for um, you know women's rights, and uh, mm. it's it, I, I, it's it's quite astonishing again the sort of the the, the sheer difference of worlds that you know we come from uh, and they come from um and i just i i mean from from stuff that i've looked at with regards to social evolution um you know we social evolution is something that's happening all the time and it's always moving in one direction now for a group of people who are trying to pull it back in the other direction um i mean socially um that's just not possible you you can't ever sort of pull anything back to an old way of thinking um but out of out of doing that um you can end up sort of uh almost like a sort of frankenstein's monster giving birth to something 
completely new and uh, just as horrific. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of this sort of anger, this sort of violence uh, that we're seeing and this, this thing of people wanting to literally change the world, it's because the world is changing and people are, um, you know, people are coming together um, People are changing their views, their opinions. Society is changing. Um, you know, cultures are melting together. And there are people, and it's not just the people from ISIS, there are people in all cultures and societies who, for one reason or another, they don't like the idea of their culture, which they've grown up with and has worked very well for them. They don't like the idea of it changing. Um, you know, and human beings are. We are scared of change. We don't like change. We like the status yeah. quo to remain. But it's more about the fact that when we realize that there is no, there's nothing bad about change, that it's actually, totally. in many ways, a really good thing. Well, for one, us. Thing, one thing we do is, uh, one thing we do as human beings, we evolve. And exactly. uh, I don't think we've, you know, people like say, you know, it's like, oh, the, what's the next stage in human evolution? And it's kind of like, well, we've been evolving uh, probably unknowingly because, uh, you know, our, our thoughts and our, our 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 attitudes towards things change. And, you know, before, you know, a couple of decades ago, gay people were... Uh, you know, considered abominations, and now they're wi- now they're widely accepted. And yeah. uh, you know, a, a lot you know, a lot of you know, a couple of uh, decades ago, you know, women weren't seen as equal to men, and now we've uh, made far more progress on that. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, and so you know, it's uh, I think somewhere down the line, I think we are going to. Uh, I I I always you know I believe this uh, you know being as a scientific fact rather than you know uh, just saying you know oh this is going to happen one day you know one of these days we're going to evolve. Uh, away from you know our social norms, and we're going to evolve into another type of thinking. So uh, you know, there's uh, there's still hope for us. Let's, yeah. let's just let's just yeah. put it at that. Even though uh, there's some things like uh, you know Honey Boo Boo, which we do kind of question <laughs> our, our human evolution from time to time, and Kim Kardashian as well with that giant horse like ass. Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's going to get stuck in my head now. But um, no, I, I think that there's. I suppose with yeah with with things like that um yeah there's always going to be these sort of uh annoying byproducts that you know we have to live with but mm. on on the whole we can hope that you know people will evolve better but I mean the yeah I mean I I find it astonishing that there are programs like Honey Boo Boo or you know Keeping up with the Kardashians or Geordie Shaw or these programs again, going back to the cartoon thing, they literally give us nothing. They yeah, are just—it's totally. like they mm. are just killing time on the telly. You know, if if you want to lose, you know, many hours of your life, you can Sky Plus it and watch them all. Um, I, yeah. you know, that—that's yeah, why. Yeah, and like kind of going back to what you said about the whole, you know. Uh, women kind of like just kind of relating to that just the whole what to watch or like the the roles that women have in television I think that like things like Agent Carter are like super underrated and and it's like oh no one's watching it and it's like why isn't anyone watching it you know and and that's kind of like what I feel is like the progressive attitude is just like you know I want to be doing this 
And it, 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 it does get kind of frustrating, though, where it's just like, why isn't everyone else? But you do realize, I guess, I guess, Aaron, you, you, I, I relate to what you're saying, where it's like you eventually realize that we have come a long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's never going to be ideal. You know, um, yeah. like I was saying about the idea of the different types of society and how we're currently, you know, on the cusp of going from a type zero society to a type one society, uh, type one society being a global society. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the same as uh, the idea of it, of uh, world peace. You know, this idea of everyone yeah. living in peace, because that's never going to happen. You're never going to have world peace. But what hopefully we can have is a world where people can just get on without being bothered what other people do you know i'm oh, not, yeah i'm not bothered about how other people live their lives as long as how they live their lives doesn't impact on me in a negative way then i'm totally. sound as a pound you know and i yeah. would live by the principle of what i do not affecting anybody else's lives in a negative way either and if it did i would hope that they would tell me and i could learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again yeah um, totally i 100 anyway, agree with you you yeah. know people are smart uh or a person is smart but people are stupid you know oh yeah mm-hmm. um, anyway yeah. out of all the uh, religious things uh, to go through uh, you know whether it be you know islamic state or uh, kim Dan- kim kardashian's ass you know uh, <laughs> If you feel yeah. like uh, you know the two you're, extremes there, yeah. yeah. If you feel like you're uh, you know just uh, surrounded uh, by uh, you know uh, all this hate all the time, you know, uh, maybe try to give you your love to Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But... yeah. Like... See. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, want to, I want to move on from this because obviously we're uh, uh, yeah we can we, be here we, all night. We'll be here all night at this stage. <laughs> so uh, and uh, so and uh, actually we're almost. Uh, beating our average on uh, on uh, how long the episode usually is so uh, we'll try and move on a bit quickly uh, actually this is a uh, uh, obviously we're going to talk a bit more Hey Arnold now uh, for uh, all our Hey Arnold fans and uh, actually this uh, article which I picked up from Atomics.VG which uh, I thought was from the Virgin Islands but apparently no it's uh, apparently some people actually use the VG domain name for like video game and stuff like that this is a video, Spanish video game website which surprisingly mm. decided to pick up on Hey Arnold which I thought you know hey you know uh, well some worldwide attention so uh Pretty much just saying, I'll, I'll just begin, I'll just give a uh, try and go for quick, for as quickly as possible. Uh, during the nineties, uh, series uh, took an important turn, uh, focusing on frames mainly through the world of uh, children's Im- imagination. Um, the translator thing's coming up on me again, so uh, yeah. So basically, Nickelodeon is focused on cartoons as a result. Also, there's the wonderful Hey Arnold, uh, though uh, not so real, have, have uh, even have supernatural resources. Mainly uh, focused on highlighting how fun it can be, the, and the, being the everyday life of a child. Which I do agree with, because it's like, you know, where uh, they're, you know, that's another thing as well, you know, go back to our previous conversation. Um, the fact there's a lot of cartoons that we grew up on, you know, featured kids and, uh, you know, having these yeah. basically adventures that somewhat were based in real life. And yeah. uh, that's a kind of uh, thing as well. I'll, I'll try and go. Problem is, some of, the, some of this article, like, it's like it's a Spanish translation, so it doesn't. Uh, mm you know, translate well. And uh, pretty yeah. much what they're saying is, you know, they're uh, pretty much talking about, you know, Arnold being the character and uh, Helga Pataki as well. And uh, and uh, also they say at the very end that they wish they could have another series. So, uh, you know, a uh, bit of a nod to that, which is kind of, which actually I think is really cool because you have, uh, you have a video game website now basically, you know, batting for us, uh, for uh, Hey Arnold. So uh, I think that's, oh, really, yeah. I think that's a really cool thing that, uh, you know, they're, uh, kind of moving away from their uh, usual stuff and basically saying, hey, look, you know, here's, you know, we've been hearing about all this Hey Arnold stuff and, uh, you know, we, we really want to see it back too. So, uh, 
bit more backing from uh, the internet community, so uh, and from worldwide as well. So, well, I know yeah, I joining. think that's really great. Yeah, uh, they, they were they, at one point uh, they they had said about that they were um, they were going to do uh, a series. What was it? The the Patakis, and it was going to be based yeah. on Helga Pataki's family, and it was going to yeah. have a more sort of adult uh, or more mature content to it. Um, you know, I, again, it would have been interesting to have seen whether that would have worked. But I mean, I was far more interested in uh, the film that never happened. Uh, yeah. And Aaron, I think we've we've talked we've chatted about this in the past, haven't we? Yeah, we film? have. And, yeah, and how we how we both really really wanted it to happen. Yeah, and yeah. We, we we wanted you know this this film, uh, and also on top of that, the fact that Craig Bartlett now, and I know I keep saying this again and again, you know, keep this in mind. If you are losing hope about whether this Hey Arnold's going to come back or whether this film's going to be made, keep this in mind. Uh, we got Hey Arnold back into the so we got Craig Bartlett back into the fold uh, on top of basically all his great work he did on Dinosaur Train, and mm. uh, you know now he's doing a new series for Nickelodeon. There's talk of your Hey Arnold coming back. There's talk of a move, you know, possible. Uh, there being a movie so you know it's like uh, you know wait and see because you know when this there's just a feeling and i know this is not you know actual facts or anything to be based on but there is this feeling that you know for some strange reason that 2015 is just going to be the year that this all just finishes and uh, we're basically we're going to get a you know straight answer of where we're going to get our football-headed hero back on to tv or not and uh, give kids uh, a good cartoon to watch for once so uh, it's, um, yeah. I just feel like uh, I don't know this year. I just feel very hopeful, and uh, Craig Bartlett says you know I should feel hopeful too. So uh, I think we should just go with it. So yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's funny um, looking back on the old Hey Arnold's now again now that I'm a bit more grown up, uh, <laughs> still a kid at heart. But um, no, it, me too. <laughs> I, I I mean the one thing I always remember um, when I was a kid, I used to love watching Hey Arnold. I remember it was on every Thursday on TATV, and I used to watch it at my granddad's uh, after school. And I remember at the time, um, you know, I was very into sort of like Dennis the Menace. Um, I quite liked Recess things. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I like I like the sort of the anti-hero. And I always remember Hey Arnold was very much sort of clean cut and, uh, you know, I, I think I remember saying to my sister once, oh, he, he's not really cool because all he ever does is, you know, say, oh, you should just do the right thing. But then <laughs> actually looking back on it now, there were some pretty uh, poignant things that they put forward that actually he was absolutely right about. And I think I ended up becoming more like Hey Arnold than Dennis the Menace yeah. when, well, I, when next, I got next older. Next time this issue comes up with your sister, keep this in mind. Arnold sprung a turtle out of an uh, aquarium. Uh, and so uh, just, you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just put that, just put that out there, just to you know. So uh, yeah. next time this debate I, comes up, so. But I mean, I, I'm trying to think now which which of the episodes that really kind of resonate in my memory. I I always remember the one with his parents. Uh, that was quite a, a touching episode. Um, yeah. The one with the pigeon man. Everyone remembers. Everyone that remembers one. pigeon man. Yeah. Um, there was the one. Where he kind of did the the double day on Valentine's Day, uh, oh yeah, with Helga, and we sort of got that first little instance of will they, won't they? Um, um, yeah, and there was there was I'm trying to remember what it was. Now there was one 
Was it that one, the one in the aquarium with the big turtle? That, that yeah, that's what I was saying about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. one that and he had graffiti all over his shell, and 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 him and Grandma were like, "We're busting out of this joint." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it it did. I, I think it did kind of give children, you know, a good good moral compass. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah I mean, again, to sort of take away from. Uh, people who say that religious books offer a good moral compass. I would, I would argue and say that Hey Arnold probably did it better and was quite more entertaining. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, um, and the other thing that I liked about Hey Arnold, and I think they've said this before in uh, in interviews about the fact that it was sort of kids from you know from normal. Um, you know, yeah, like a like, normal sort of neighborhood. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, like it was. Uh, also, on top of that, it was like kind of like working class as well. Like the, you know, yeah. the, uh, the, you know, the projects and uh, you know, basically the low rent areas and kind of like, and also yeah. it was like garnished with you know people from other backgrounds as well. And that's one of the yeah. things that Craig told me in uh, one of the interviews, saying that he wanted to make this show as uh, inclusive and as multicultural as possible. And yeah. uh, and it worked really well when when he did that because he gave us uh, you know this uh, this in depth that uh, you you know other cartoons probably couldn't uh, reflect to in uh, when yeah, we're trying definitely. to uh, we're trying to relate to reality i mean i highly doubt you know in spongebob squarepants you know you have people on like on the low end of the bikini bottom and people on the high end of bikini bottom i don't think you get to see that in the show basically it's just all cartoon characters just kind of like being cartoon characters but in, yeah. in hey arnold you knew basically it felt it, it really did feel like you know real life in in, in many ways even though it was uh, even though it was a nicktoon yeah yeah i mean that was it, you know, and the, certainly with the, the multiculturalism thing and how it never at any point kind of was like, oh, you know, this is so multicultural. It was just it was just the norm for them. You yeah, know? it was just a thing like, like li- it, everyone in, was accepted. Yeah. Living in living in the building. And I think it was like everyone in the building was sort of from, you know, some kind of uh, I hate using the term ethnic minority, but you know, what I mean, mm. they're, they're sort of they weren't the sort of. Uh, typical star-spangled American residents who lived with them. You know, it was all these different people. But but again, they never sort of made a big deal of that. Um, so yeah, I really I really like that. And um, again, just just to see if indeed uh, Arnold and Helga will they won't they? I mean, that is reason enough <laughs> for them to do that film because I really really want them to, even after all these years. Well, if, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, if the fan fiction's anything to go by, they definitely, definitely, really want them to because uh, right now we're, you know, we've got to the point where they are basically married and have four kids, and they've got characters of their own. So uh, wow. it's uh, the, the the fan fictions of old faster than the show. So uh, there's a whole uh, other universe where everyone yeah. just, you know, everyone just wants Arnold and Hel- Helga to be together. So yeah. you know, and I, I I root for that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great? You would have uh, you would have Arnold and Helga who kind of be still kind of like themselves in a way, even when they weren't like a couple. And then you like then you like it's like they got all these kids they have to worry about as well. And uh, you know, I just think <laughs> something like that would work really well if you ask me. And uh, you know, the fact yeah. that you know they would have to like uh, you know yeah they still like be at uh, each other's throats, but obviously they would still, like still like love each other and stuff. And they have to work a way through like you know how they're going to get to something in the end and things like that. So it would uh, I think that would work out really well, but. Uh, Anyway, that's uh, yet to be seen. So, uh, 
Well, let's move on to this uh, other thing that I found, uh, which is uh, coming from all the way from New Zealand, uh, which is pretty much the home of the 1970s. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, this is uh, obviously Fifty Shades of Grey is going to be coming out in Valentine's Day. I don't know if it's already out in uh, the United States or not, but uh, uh, no, that's the same for us too. Oh, it's Valentine's <laughs> Day, and uh, mind you, it's like uh, I've, I've, I've been watching. Like uh, apparently, there's like been loads of merchandise that's come out for uh, Fifty Shades of Fifty Shades of Grey, and they're all sex toys. Which is oh, no, God. which is no surprise. So uh, we all know uh, where the uh, the money's being made out of when this film comes out. So well, uh, at least the majority of it as well. So uh, yeah, uh, but uh, there is one group called Family First, uh, based in New Zealand, uh, which uh, says that uh, you know Fifty Shades of Grey should be uh, boycotted because it uh, it promotes uh, uh, sexual violence and uh, stuff like that. And uh, I've got to be honest with you, uh, you know, I've not read Fifty Shades of Grey. The, uh, the book I've only just like uh, read I've only just like heard uh, you know comical uh, like readings of it which uh, <laughs> there's like one video on YouTube which is hilarious because like the people like uh, read it read like uh, excerpts of Fifty Shades of Grey like uh, in the voices of, like Zoidberg and like uh, Nicolas Cage and uh, <laughs> yeah. it like, I, I wow actually, I did it's... that once at a party someone had a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey and because I do sort of different voices uh, they said <laughs> Harry please sit down and and do this and then they would just give me different people and i would just change to those voices and do it so i have only read it as you know brian blessed or gilbert godfrey but i've never actually <laughs> sat down and read it all the way through as myself um but the one thing i'll say about it is it, it, it's not it's not the best of writing you know, I mean, yeah. I I write scripts. I'm in currently writing my first ever novel, which is really really hard compared to script oh, wow. writing. It, it's 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 a it's really fun, but it's very very difficult. Um, mm. And there's lots of books that I've read about you know traps to avoid and the best ways to sort of structure a story and paragraphs and whatever. Um, and I'm just assuming that the, the person who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey uh, didn't read those books. Because it it doesn't it doesn't make for very interesting reading, I have to say. It, mm. It's you know it, it it did what I think it set out to do, which was to kind of titillate a lot of people, give them a little bit of uh, pillow fantasy time, um, and again, like this like SpongeBob SquarePants, although not exactly the same. Um, <laughs> it's kind of developed this mass following of people saying. Oh, it's it's amazing, and people saying, "But why is it amazing?" It's like I, I don't yeah. know. It just is, isn't it? That's I, what I'll tell you. Saying. One thing which I found that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey has had a negative effect uh, effect on it. Really has, uh, mind you. It probably hasn't. I believe it's uh, kind of messed up the fan fiction a little bit that people mm. write about you know characters and stuff. Because I remember reading this Hey Arnold fan fiction, and uh, basically it was uh, the most uh, crazy and violent sex that I've ever heard. heard you know Arnold and Gallagher <laughs> have. And basically, it was like it was like you know, uh, by, by the end of it, and I'm I'm telling you the truth, like there was Arnold who was like bleeding from his back, and uh, you know, uh, there was blood everywhere and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, um, I don't remember bleeding this badly ever, ever the last time I had sex. So uh, it just you know it was, uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of crazy how I think Fifty Shades of Grey has affected how people think you know sex should be. So. Uh, no, I I suppose it's it's a long it's a debate that's been going on for a long time, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. since since the the invention of the internet, you know, um, yeah. 
or or as long as there's been any way of sort of publishing anything, whether it's been on paper or whether it's been electronically, people, you know, have the facility to um, not necessarily live out, but to look at some of their fantasies, um, you know, that they have in their head, and that's not always necessarily so, a bad so thing. What, yeah. So, you what, guys, sorry, I've actually found the clip of uh, these guys on the internet uh, reading uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's uh, Nostalgia Critic Uncle Yo, Brentlefloss, and uh, Team Four Star. So, uh, shall I play it for everybody just uh, for uh, just for hilarious? Just hilarity. for context, yep. Just for hilarity. <laughs> so, uh, spare me one second. I'll see if I can get it going. So, wait, why would it put you in a comatose state? Do they ever actually have sex in this? I don't know. Hey, you know what'd be fun? Let's read this in different voices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This isn't an excellent. Mickey Mouse? Yes! Yeah. Do, it, do, it, do it! Please! I beg! The crap bites my buttocks! Ow! Please! What? Please, sir! I whimper! He smiles at me triumphant! Uh, who's got voice? Who's got voice? I can do Droopy Dog. Droopy Dog! Do Droopy! Yeah! Oh, no. uh. <laughs> What's this? He holds the crap up so I can see it. Yes, sir. Are you sure? He looks sternly at me. Yes, please, sir. Close your eyes. He's got our voice. He's got our voice. I got Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. I shut the room out. Him out. The crop out. He starts small, biting licks from the crop against my belly once more. Moving down, soft, small licks against my clitoris once. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Until finally. That's it. I can take no more, and I come. Who's got, who's got our voice? Who's got our voice? The monarch! 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 And I come, gloriously, loudly sagging weakly. His arms curl around me as my legs turn into jelly. I dissolve into his embrace, my head against his chest. And I move, and I'm mewling, and I'm whimpering as the aftershocks of my orgasm consume me. That's great, that's great! Who's got our voice? I'll do one. How about Zoidberg? Zoidberg! Why not Zoidberg? He lifts me, and suddenly we're moving, my arms still tethered above my head, and I can feel the cool wood of the polished cross of my back, and he's popping the button on his jeans. He puts me down against the cross briefly, he does, while he slides on the Briefly, he does. And then his hands wrap around my thighs as he lifts me again. Awesome! Okay, there's only one way to end this, guys. I think we need Nicolas Cage. Okay. Nicolas Cage! Where are we? We're on top of the thing. All right. Lift your legs, baby. Right. <laughs> I feel so weak. But I do want to say it's a great With one thrust, he's inside me. I think what's that? I think what's that? Oh no! Oh no! I mean, I feel so weak. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, all right. It's it's not the best writing, but it does lend itself very good to you know the areas of impersonation, and for that alone, I can kind of let it off. Uh, Uh But. So what were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I know. We're talking about how it it basically should be boycotted, and you know, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, 
to be honest, I mean, a lot of people, at least in the in the states, are like super outraged because I mean, you know, there's an actual um, BDSM community, and they're you know they're very the reason why it's uh, I mean at least within because I have a, a few friends who are involved in that kind of thing. They, you know, from their perspective, it's like a misrepresentation of that community. And that's why they're boycotting it, because it's like, you know, this is not what that's like. That's you've got it all wrong. You know, like there's a a thing on Tumblr I just posted recently where it says, you know, say it with me, kids. Christian Gray is not a dom. He is an abuser, you know, and that's that's what that's what a lot of people think about it and i mean i honestly from the stuff i've heard about that book and everything like that you know it's definitely i i blech, blech, just no <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I mean i just never found a reason to to uh to read it and uh, it was at one point described as like like mommy porn which uh, obviously you know yeah. i'm neither a mommy or uh, you know kind of into that type of porn so uh uh, I mean, yeah. X Hamster is probably going to do it for me. So as far as I'm porn goes, but uh, you know, uh, it's um, I just I just felt like uh, I just feel like this has passed me by. You know, you know, you say to hear about these, you know, like it's kind of like the Harry Potter books. You know, it's like I never read the Harry Potter books, and uh, you know, when Lord of the Rings got popular, yeah, I, I read, I watched the movies, but I kind of really tried to get into the books, but it kind of just passed me by. And it just feels Ooh. like you know, this is another popular fad which everyone's getting into, and it's just, I just feel like it's passing me by because it's just, you know, yeah. everyone's I mean, getting into it, but it's not really engaging me. No, yeah, I, 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 I mean, a couple of things. First thing, uh, you know, people boycotting it. I just think there's more important things that they could be boycotting apart from this bloody film. So, you know, get a life in that respect. And the other thing as well is like, this is now going to present another thing of, you know, there's going to be lots of women out there who are going to be like, God, you know what? I'm well into this and this is what I want now. So for an an average man, you know, like ourselves, Aaron, who, you know, we, we come home after, I don't know, a day at work and, you know, our, partners girlfriends whatever want us to do all these sorts of you know come in here do things to me (laughs) do exotic like you know that that equipment's not cheap for a start you know i'm sure there's many things you could you could improvise with from the kitchen but you know a lot of times it's you know again it's setting another thing that guys are going to have to live up to yeah um, potentially um and also for women out there who you know on the other side of it may come home and their partners boyfriends might suddenly think you know this is what women want now could you know lie down to you know a bit of the old humpty dumpty and next Mm. thing they're being you know having their asses smacked till it's red raw thinking you know why why are you doing that yeah, uh, and I think you know, obviously, uh, you know, the sexual culture is uh, you know becoming is making you know making even more demands than uh, it was before, and it's just kind of like, it, and it's getting to a crazy thing where basically you know all sorts of like. Yeah, it's kind of reminds me of like uh, you know WWE wrestle, you know WWF wrestling attitude. Uh, you know when basically everyone was like uh, you know you had your wrestling and like everyone was like uh, you know like doing suplexes and drop kicks and stuff like that. And then all of a yeah. sudden there's like a hardcore title and like everyone's like using like pans and drawing pins and uh, you know tables <laughs> and uh, things like that. It's like you know this is this is what Fifty Shades of Grey is becoming. It's basically turning it's turning. Uh, it's turning uh, sex into like uh, you know uh, you know attitude you know sexual attitude or whatever. It's kind of like uh, you know it's uh, yeah it's kind of like um, 
How do I relate these things? I I, I really don't know, but no, no. Uh, but yeah. I mean, you see, the thing is, I, I last year or last summer, um, I went on uh, a blind date, um, with uh, a lady who uh turned out to be uh, a dominatrix, um, mm. and oh, for the ma- for the majority of the the day, you know, I obviously wanted to ask uh, or address the elephant in the room. Uh, but it's not something that you just kind of steamroller in and start asking questions about. But, you know, ultimately we got onto the topic of, so what's it like being a dominatrix and, you know, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had and what have you. And, you know, on on the whole, it, it's not as kind of depraved and worrying as I think that some of these boycotters are making out, you know, and it's something that goes on all the time. Like, I mean, if anything, it just showed my sort of, uh, naivete towards it because there's like you know there's whole communities within communities of people who do these things on a regular basis there's uh, a friend of mine who goes along to uh, something called the torture garden which takes place in London and mm. you know it's it's kind of like you know an, an event like any other there's music there's food there's drink mm. um, and then there's all this other stuff that goes on as well Um you know, and people's attitudes towards it are, I would say, pretty normal, pretty healthy. The same as this uh, dominatrix told me. She's yeah. like, you know, the I- people who come along, there, it's very normal. It's very happy. It's just a normal day for a lot of these people. I think, yeah. the, I think what Fifty Shades of Grey does, it's kind of presenting it uh, to people who aren't a part of that particular world. So, of course, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is just so tantalizing. But for the people who are actually in that community it's a it's just you know like anything it's like you know people it's the, who it's the islamic it's, it's the islamic state of B, bdsm <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know um but no i I, I, I certainly think that the uh the boycotting thing uh just seems seems a bit sort of you know i don't, I don't really i don't really get that you know uh i think the I mean, there was that thing about uh, was it the the British uh, the censorship? They were apparently going to be oh, banning yeah. all of these different pornographic things. I was thinking, yeah. really, really, female these ejaculation. Poly- it's like, it's yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's a rarity, I know, but like you know, for, to say, oh, we're going to ban it and all these things, they were banning it. I think, how can these politicians, who most of them probably go to these sordid, masked parties and they probably do all of this stuff anyway, how can they then yeah. turn around and say they're banning I, it? I, I would I'm love not... to see someone get prosecuted for breaking one of these laws and see if yeah. anyone gives a crap. Because it's like, th- think about it this way, it's like, uh, I mean, they banned all this stuff, right? And uh, yet you still tune into these, uh, you know, these uh, websites and yet it's still all there. And yet, yeah. and all it's really going to do is it's just it's just going to push it into other countries. And yeah. it's like, I think about it this way as well. Uh, you know, in Japan, uh, you're not allowed to show a woman's pussy, but you are allowed to show her ejaculating. Yeah, yeah we've, exactly. we've become worse than Japan. It's like that. That's an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you honestly, you've you've not lived until you've you know seen what exactly what they can do with an octopus over there but like oh god you know, that that kind of thing i would that that's the sort of thing i would be saying well you know don't be doing that because it's obviously not yeah. nice for the animals they don't have a say in it 
but yeah, you, you, just because it's an octopus, you know, an octopus is quite a. It's, it's my favorite animal. Oh god, <laughs> so fifty shades of grey, oct- all this talk about octopuses and uh, female ejaculation. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I just realised something. Imagine if Junction Shankara where we started uh, dating a dominatrix. I finally found a use for that. <laughs> that's been oh sat, my god! It's been sat in the desktop, just waiting for an excuse to be used. Yes, for... it's been sat <laughs> there <laughs> since I managed to record it when uh, I did. Uh, I finally found a use for it. All hooray for me! So uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's, finally got us. Finally got to use it. So that's awesome. So yeah. So uh, anyway, we'll uh, move away from uh, Fifty Shades, and uh, I did say. Uh, this is going to be the last thing we're going to do tonight, and uh, for good reason as well, because it's going to take us a while to uh, get through all this. Uh, I did say last week, obviously we've had these horrendous uh, top 25s, top 10s, whatever, since uh, we did the end of year show and uh, yada, yada, yada. And uh, people have been saying to me, it's like, uh, and I've actually been saying to myself, you know, it's like, can I do a better top 25 list uh, out of all the stuff that I did? So I've decided to make one up myself. And uh, Mm. so this top 25 list, which I've made for myself and for all of you all here, is the top 25 uh, cartoons that I watched in my childhood. Now, there is a rule to these top 25. Uh, Number one, they can only be... uh, I can't use the same cartoon within the same year. So, for example, I mean, you have uh, uh, Hey Arnold and uh, another cartoon. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I think the Rugrats. They all came, like, were released within the same year. So, obviously, uh, you know, it can only be one or the other. And so... Mm. uh, And um, also... On top of that, so basically, the one rule that I've got right now is that basically I can't use basically two cartoons within the same year. They all have to come within the individual tw- t- uh, years for the 25 years that I've actually been watching animation. So I've come up with this list. Um, I'm a bit nervous because I don't know whether people are going to, you know, uh, agree with it or people are going to uh, disagree with it. Or uh, But it's going to be a fun little debate. So uh, shall I go through the top 25 and see if you all hate me or not? Let's do it. Cool. Let's do it. Okay, then. Uh Number 25 uh, in my list is Star Wars The Clone Wars series. Mm. Um, huh. n- now, was this the one, because I know that there's been a few of these series, was this the 2D animated one or the 3D animated one? This was one? the 3D animated one, because uh, the uh, the 2D one technically doesn't fall within the parameters. I didn't actually get to watch it on television. Actually, that was another thing I mentioned as well. I had to have, it's a TV series, and I have to actually have watched it on television in order for it to count. So I didn't watch this. St- I only watched one episode of the Star Wars 2D animated series with uh, R2-D2 and uh, C-3PO, and that was on VHS, so that one doesn't count. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's the 3D series that I've watched with my little brother when he was growing up. So uh, that's number huh. 25. So, and the reason it's number 25 is because I've not watched very many episodes, and also I can't remember all the characters' names. I have actually seen the the movie, which wasn't very good. So uh, one of my <laughs> friends dragged me to it, and I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out why. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that right now is uh, number 25. Okay, so number 24 is Hong Kong Fooey. Okay, yeah, that that was. Um... I've never heard of this show, actually. <laughs> you... Hong Kong Fooey. You never heard of Fooey, really? Oh, it really? was about uh, a. Basically, uh, it was about a. Tell you what, uh, shall I pr- play the uh, impressive introduction? Yes. Uh, just bear with me one second. <laughs> uh, you know, I should really have this stuff prepared when I uh, come on the show, so basically we can uh, play it for everybody who uh, doesn't know it. So uh, I'll uh, I'll play it for you now. That one only has one 
channel playing, so we'll, we'll try and find <laughs> another one. <laughs> Who is this superhero? Sarge? No. <laughs> Rosemary, the telephone operator? No. Henry, the mild-mannered janitor? Could be. <laughs> Hong Kong Pooey, number one super guy. Hong Kong Pooey, quicker than the human eye. He's got style of movie style. So basically, I'll just give a description of it. Basically, it's uh, about a, a superhero dog who uh, basically is a mild-mannered janitor, but uh, then turns into the awesome Hong Kong Fooey, who is uh, a superhero, but uh, not the superhero that you would think, because basically he has this cat called uh, Spot, who basically helps him out with all the stuff, and so he would uh, basically like mess up uh, quite a lot of the time, but then Spot would basically fix everything for him, and so basically uh, he would still basically be shown as the hero, but in actual fact, huh. he's just a massive screw-up, so... Uh, yeah. But uh, it was hilarious to watch, and uh, I put yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, just just the concept of it. You know, it's first of all a dog who's a janitor that blows my mind to start with. But yeah, then absolutely. the fact that he jumps into his janitor's cupboard, then comes out dressed as a sort of you know nineteen seventies <laughs> kung fu guy with an eye mask, driving around in a you know a Chinese car with a cat yeah. called Spot. It, it, yeah, but it's like that sort of Hanna Barbera, you know. Yeah, does, it's just the, don't, don't think about it too much, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just. It is, yeah. The reason it's number twenty-four and not any higher on the list because basically it was just kind of like a you know a straightforward you know slapstick comedy show, and uh, though it had like its moments, I just feel like uh, you know it was just it was played out for laughs really rather than you know some of the other ones that are on the list. So uh, and uh, when I go through further through the list, you'll probably understand. So uh, shall we move on to the next one? Yep. Sure. Okay. Number twenty-three is Robot Chicken. Okay, so the the, oh. the, the uh, is it Seth Green? Uh, yeah, Adult the... Swim. So this was a show yep. where basically uh, the the intro is actually very clever because basically it's uh, it, you know it shows the chicken at the end in the in the road and basically what it is is it's, it's like it's the it's playing to the joke of why did the chicken cross the road and it's and he's actually shown a rundown chicken and so then that mad scientist grabs it and like turns it into the chicken that would basically watch all like the sketches and stuff like that in the show. And uh, so they did all sorts of hilarious <laughs> sketches. Uh, the uh, the one favorite that comes out of my mind, and I actually mentioned this on the last show, was uh, the ones with the Flintstones, where uh, basically mm. uh, they they it's like the whole Barney my pebbles kind of uh, thing, and uh, then like uh, Barney manages to, like brutally murder Fred for uh, you know. Uh, you know, because uh, he wants his fruity pebble so much, and uh, then he goes like murders like all the animals that basically like all in the in the uh, in the house and everything because they're all witnesses to him killing like Fred and stuff. So uh, that yeah. was uh, that was hilarious, <laughs> uh, hilarious one. And uh, also, uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones as well. There's uh, there was one. You know, there's, I'll have to watch the show again to watch them all again. But uh, oh, there was that epic scene where basically the chicken was like fly, fighting through like the uh, the castle to go fight the uh, the professor, and uh, that was pretty epic in itself. And uh, also there was those aliens as well. It's like damn it, damn it, damn it. And it's like every time they <laughs> oh that was, that was another one as well. They made fun of like Michael Jackson, uh, where we you know when he was going for like the whole child molester trial and stuff like that. So and so you saw Michael ja- the white Michael Jackson come out, and then this spaceship just lands and. And then this black Michael Jackson comes out and uh, he says, uh, he's like, he goes like, um, I was uh, captured by aliens and replaced by a white Michael Jackson for an evil plot to take over the earth. 
Yeah, so he's lying. <laughs> I'm the real Michael Jackson. And they have a dance off. <laughs> yeah, they like, uh, and like, like loads of people like die in the dance off, and then they end up like killing them both. <laughs> and then the aliens are kind of like, damn it, damn it, damn it. He's like, well, what? How are we going to take over the world with a white Michael Jackson anyway? This <laughs> <laughs> plan didn't make any sense. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, you know, Robot Chicken was hilarious. The stop motion was oh, funny, yeah. and uh, I actually liked it. That uh, oh, and there was that the blue identity, that was hilarious. The one where basically the Jungle Book, where he tried like uh, where they he's like a parody of the Born Identity, and uh, they were making fun of the fact that Baloo, you know, he was like uh, in the Jungle Book, and also he was like the character uh-huh. has a tailspin, and they were like uh, so they, they were trying to make him forget his former life as like a tailspin pilot, and. Uh, and stuff. Did, you see, did you see that uh, episode or uh... i think so yeah it rings oh. bells that that, uh... that that was that was absolutely hilarious and uh <laughs> yeah it was just i had so much fun with robot chicken i watched like all the episodes and uh oh and the uh the, the other one which was the uh the transformers uh him getting uh, prostate cancer and uh like he transforms into a coffin and uh, then it like comes back to him he's like uh hi i'm optimus prime uh and uh, as you can see i'm alive and well we're machines we don't get cancer but you can and you will so amazing <laughs> <laughs> and then like, uh, like a couple of moments later they have like uh the um uh the human torch from the fantastic force say you know going to a doctor saying uh, uh it burns when i pee and then optimus prime comes in the scene and says what did i just say <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh, that was just robot chicken. I'll, I'll have to watch that again. So uh, if I can find the box set, or if I can find it online and stuff like that, heck, I'll even pay for it. So uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll do video on demand for it. So yeah, it was a really hilarious show. Okay, uh, number twenty-two is Count Docula. Oh, fantastic! I've uh, I've actually got I recreated the uh, intro of Count Docula. Uh, with myself as Count Duckula, which I'm about to find for you and uh, put on your wall. But I loved Count Duckula, and uh, it was made in the uh, the wonderful city of Manchester, I believe. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, made by uh, Cosgrove Hall, and uh, that was the time when British animation was really uh, putting putting its putting its foot down, really. And uh, you know, it was just it was, and also on top of that, it was actually exporting out. You know, you had like Danger Mouse, and you had Count, Count Duckula, the Avenger Penguins, mm-hmm. all these great <laughs> shows. Uh, coming out of Britain, and uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it just kind of fell by the wayside, and uh, yeah. that which was a real big shame because it was like it was, uh, you know, in, and then we just started importing, you know, stuff from America and stuff from Canada and uh, even stuff from Europe. So uh, it was, uh... yeah. And uh, so, you know... sorry, a on. quick side note. Um, so have have either of you ever watched or heard of the cartoon called Super Ted? Uh, Super Ted, yeah. Super Ted, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Ah, I'm like the only American child I know that has known that because you know it's British. I mean, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. This yeah. is a anyway, sto- This yeah. is a story of a, a particular teddy bear. <laughs> it was a region, but Spotty Man rescued him. <laughs> Spotty Man. Oh, ah, uh, I as soon as I became a fan of Doctor Who, I he's my. It's John Pertwee. He's the spotty doctor. I just... Yeah. Ah! It's yeah. brilliant. Well, John Pertwee is also uh, Wurzel Gummidge, if you've not seen Wurzel Gummidge. Tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll play the intro. Just bear with me one second. I'll just uh, go... <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, hang on a second. Oh, it's just Super Ted. Ah, yes. yes. <laughs> this is a story about an ordinary teddy bear. When he was made, they found something wrong with him and threw him away like a piece of rubbish into an old dark storeroom. Then, from outer space, 
a spotty man brought him to life with his cosmic dust. He took him to a magic cloud where Mother Nature gave him special powers. That bear became Super Ted. Best backstory yes. ever. Yes. That's it. Why have Disney not got onto this? Why have I know, right? Marvel. No, no, no! Don't give them ago. ideas. <laughs> it's God. like, uh, what's well, uh... Because and and just, I I always remember I used to love uh, who in the Rogues Gallery. What did you have? You had a cowboy, a fat guy, and a skeleton, and that was like. Yeah, it's just really and random. I used to love the skeleton. I always used to feel a bit sorry for him. I kind of felt yeah. like he was an yeah. unwilling participant in the badness. Yeah. Well, you know, if you don't get out of the gangs, you know, uh, you know, that's uh, it. Yeah. Corporate. They, what's they... it, it called? Corporate. Uh, uh, what's we got? Uh, enterprise. Uh, criminal enterprise or what? Criminal enterprise, something like that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you get caught up in it, so you got to get out of it if you don't want to get into it. So uh, anyway, shall we? Uh, mind you, we didn't get a chance to talk, actually talk about time to Count Ducula. It was about a duck who uh, uh, was brought back to life with tomato ketchup and ashes, and uh, <laughs> instead of blood. That 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 bit. That bit. Every time I watch that, always makes me laugh. It's like, uh, unfortunately, it didn't go to plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just that. Uh, it now the uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, cannot survive, but maybe brought back to life. That yeah. uh, happens on a secret night once a century when the moon is in the eighth house of Aquarius. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's Nanny, isn't it? She goes to get the blood and gets the wrong bloody bottle. Oh, get it! So yeah. <laughs> the latest incarnation did not run according to plan. Yeah, so, oh, it was God. great. And and I was going to say before, like all those things, like. Um, Count Ducula and Danger Mouse and Victor and Hugo and a lot of the stuff at Cross Grave Hall, they they had a lot of kind of adult satire in it as well. Like, oh, it was great to watch as a kid, but I loved all the little sort of you know jokes and innuendos that they that they slipped in there. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it oh, we know. Oh, say Arnold fans, we have our uh, fair share. It's like you know, where uh, you make my girlhood tremble. <laughs> My <sister's laughs> yes. Yeah, we have all fair share of that. So uh, anyway, Count Ducula, hilarious. Uh, had Igor, had a nanny, had uh, had all those uh, hilarious characters in them as well. Another classic from Cosgrove Hall, and uh, definitely deserving of my number twenty-two. So, okay, uh, number twenty-one is the Flintstones. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 And the reason I put it at number 21 is because basically it deserves to be in the top 25 for a start because obviously it's one of the first ever uh, animated television series and actually it took like six months just to produce one episode of uh, The Flintstones. So as you can probably imagine, 12 seasons are probably going to be like, you know, years and years and years and years worth of work. And uh, yeah. so, and uh, it had uh, obviously it uh, ma- made it into this massive franchise. Movies were made of it, and uh, we had a massive talk about it last uh, last show. So uh, I won't go did, too further into I, detail did, again. Did you ever um, did you ever read that really interesting theory that someone had written about the fact that the Flintstones was actually set in the future? Um, no, I didn't get a chance to actually read that. I did hear about it, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the idea that the Flintstones actually is set after World War Three. Uh, <laughs> In that episode, you remember there was that famous episode, The Jetsons Meet the Flintstones? Yeah, there was. 
and uh, it's a, the, the Jetsons have a time machine that's meant to take them into the future, but they're like, oh, it's gone wrong. It's taken us into the past. Well, someone was saying that, no, actually, it did take them into the future. They mm-hmm. have to live up in the sky because of all the nuclear fallout from this war. Yeah. Uh, and mm. when you get to the time of the Flintstones, everyone's gone back down and tried to rebuild society. You know, that's why they have a lot of the pop culture references and they, yeah. you know, they, they, they live alongside these animals. Well, that, didn't, like, what didn't the Jet? Like I mean, we'll be moving on to the Jetsons in a minute, but wasn't the uh, the Jetsons uh, didn't they originally weren't they living on Venus and because because they live on Venus they can't live on the surface so basically they have to have mm. their houses like really uh, up high so uh, and uh, oh, I, I've, I've got your message there Kat you have to leave us in a couple of minutes so uh, but what I'll yeah. do I'll, I'll I'll jump through all these as quickly as possible and uh, so uh, I'll try and get us within uh, the next twenty minutes or so so. Uh, because cool. okay so uh, and again like we've already talked to death some of these shows anyway so i won't give go too much <laughs> definitely into them so anyway so 21 is the flintstones we had a massive talk about it yesterday and uh obviously a really great show and uh the staple of of animation uh number 20 is our real monsters great yes oh Love i that. have all four seasons on dvd <laughs> wow you you nerd uh but uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, so, somewhere down the line, I'm gonna probably try and get, uh, you know, uh, when I've got enough money to collect it together, you know, buy all the uh, animation animation series of my childhood. But for the meantime, I can only afford like the you know the Hey Arnold ones that are on my shelf at the moment, and also a couple of ones as well. I'm trying to basically build a really impressive DVD collection uh, for uh, you know basically I'm getting rid of all the crap DVDs. So Doom flew off the shelf pretty quickly, and uh, some of the other <laughs> crud that I've got as well. So and I'm gonna build myself like a really ma- a great DVD collection of like classic films. Uh, Citizen Kane and the Ten Commandments are currently on it, so uh, hopefully there'll be a few more gems to go on it as well. So, uh, but our real monsters—that was a really crappy description of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, obli- you know, obviously Icarus, Oblina, and for monsters, basically, isn't it? It is. Uh-huh, yeah, that's, that's great. Much. Yeah, it's actually great. It's Hogwarts for monsters, and uh, I just you know, that- there's three monsters, and it's yeah, yeah. Mind you, it's a pretty involved, you know, kind of like school as well. It's like you know they have to constantly keep scaring people in order to uh, in order to keep existing. It's like you know they may be learning how to scare, but you know it's a pretty big responsibility, isn't it? So uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing at that. So uh, and uh, oh, the uh, what should we call it? Uh, the Grumble. Oh, she oh, was yeah. she was always hilarious and just you know yelling and stuff like that. It was just you know it was. I uh, <laughs> oh, always had a laugh with uh, with the Grumble. So uh, mind you, I love to see an epic battle between the Grumble and Mister Krabs, and yes. uh, see who win in uh, in that uh, battle of the monsters. But uh, I can't. Uh, Mister Krabs is a monster. I mean, come on, he's a talking crab. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, number nineteen is the Jetsons, like we talked before. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. obviously, it has uh, the Jetsons family. Uh, I don't remember. It's uh, George Jetson, Judy, um, Elroy, Elroy, uh, Jane, his wife, and uh, also uh, Astro, Rosie the robot, yeah, and uh, his boss, Mr. Spacely, and also uh, there was uh, Coswell from Coswell. Spacely Cos- Sprocket. Space- yeah. yeah. What, the, what, yeah. what was a sprocket? I don't know. It's, it, it's a type of gear, I think, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, yeah. Internal yeah. parts of machines. I never, I never, I mean, it was the first, I've always thought, what is a sprocket? And I never heard of it, so uh, mind you, I guess it's uh, kind of something or other, so hey, a sprocket. Anyway, <laughs> uh, number 18 is Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yes. can't uh, argue with that one. 
Yeah, yeah so nope. obviously Scooby, Shaggy, and uh, obviously the uh, the gang as well. And uh, mind you, I always loved it when the gang was just together. I didn't really like the episodes. You know that they tried to do the kind of the gimmicky episodes with just Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. And uh, they yeah. just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I just liked it when the whole gang was together, really. And uh, that was just kind of real. I really liked those ones. And the movie uh, m- movie episodes were really good as well. You know, the ones with, like uh, Batman and Robin and like the Harlem Globetrotters. And, uh, the one where I- Shaggy turns into a werewolf. Um, I didn't like that one so much. I, I don't like... I like the ones where basically, you know, they're chasing after a ghost and they know it's not a ghost and, like, they're just going through all the mystery and stuff like that. I didn't really like the ones. You know, kind of like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Islands. I think... I don't know. The ones where basically, you know, the... Uh, the, they were like real and stuff like that. I don't know. They just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, really. It just, you know, so uh, mm. I kind of liked it when it was just like, you know, really goofy and stuff like that. Oh, and the Johnny yeah. Bravo episode. That was that. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, that was good. That that's one. my favorite Johnny Bravo episode, that one where, uh, you know, he uh, crosses over with Scooby Doo. Uh, that, that was always awesome. Was, the fact that he also made it really awesome as well in five minutes when, you know, you basically, a Scooby Doo episode would go on for like half an hour. So yeah. it was just, you know, that, that was very good. Yeah. Okay, so Scooby Doo, close to my heart, in number 18. Uh, number 17 is Metalocalypse. Never seen that. Metalocalypse. Me uh, I only like Metalocalypse. Uh, I mean, I put it at 17 and uh, because a lot of people actually do like it. It's like on Adult Swim. And it's where I got... To, the reason I kind of li- like it is because uh, there's this really hilarious character on it called Dr. Roxo, who's the rock and roll clown. And uh, basically, uh, he yells about how much he likes to do cocaine and stuff like that. And uh, there's a really one funny episode where basically, you know, he'd been doing it for a while and basically he wants to get off it. And so he tries to stay clean for like an entire day, but ends up going back onto it again. And then uh, so basically he's waving this bag of cocaine around and basically saying, you know, hey, Mr. Squirrel, look, I'm doing cocaine. He's like, and he goes, hey, little boy, look at me. I'm doing cocaine. And he's like, hey, Mr. Policeman, I'm doing co. Uh oh. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just burst out laughing every time I see him. So it's like uh, I was surprised he's not on my soundboard. I need to I need to get a soundboard for him to do. It's like you know him. Do it. Uh, yeah. Like I do cocaine. Yeah. 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 So Metalocalypse is number seventeen, and uh, it's just it was a pretty hilarious at the time when I was watching it. So uh, I think it was one of the cartoons that you know, I think it was like when it was when I was dropping off watching animation, and so I don't remember too much about it. But uh, all I do remember is I do remember loving heavy metal. And I do remember loving animation, and Metalocalypse just kind of brought it all together for me. So uh, that was that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number sixteen was Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. yeah, again, it, it was kind of it was a, a cartoon where not a lot really happened, but there was something strangely compelling about these two kids who just sort of laughed at everything. I I must admit, when I was younger, I loved the film and I had it on tape and I used to <laughs> watch it a lot. Oh, Beavers uh, and Butthead do America. Yeah, that <laughs> did, it did make me laugh. Um, yeah. uh, my sister used to laugh at the teacher singing the song about the lesbian seagull uh, <laughs> and i particularly that, loved the bit in the that, desert. that's a real song you know i know yeah I yeah. Really, yeah yeah i thought it was a piss tape but no it's no. an actual real song like, um, hi, lesbian seagull, seagull. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do love the bit where they they meet their fathers and then they trip out in the desert although i know uh mike judge says that it kind of divided the beavis and butthead fans some people loved the uh the music video scene some people hated it i loved it i loved it yeah the rob zombie thing was uh, yeah. was pretty cool and uh it was it was one of the most fucked up uh times of cinema but uh you know it was uh it was something to note of so uh it was uh 
pretty good. Actually, I remember the uh, I remember when the later episodes came out. I was actually super stumped where uh, stoked when uh, uh, when what you call it. Um, uh, the Beavers and Butthead made its return in uh, you know a couple of years ago, and uh, the first episode was really hilarious because it's like, um, be you know uh, Beavers tries to like fix something, and like he ends up like putting uh, like his uh, uh, puts a nail through like both his hands. And so he ends up having to go to the hospital with like, and uh, having like the nail removed and stuff like that. And then these uh, uh, Christians just kind of find, you know, these like Christian cultists just kind of find him, and uh, they think and they find like the uh, the uh, holes in his hands where basically the uh, the nail's gone through, and they think he's the second coming. So it's just uh, that that was that just I just uh, laughed all sorts then. And then all the short that came out as well, and this was like when they weren't taking the mick out of the. Uh, uh, the the music videos they're taking the mick out of the uh, the shows that were on MTV at the time, and one of them mm-hmm. was the episode of uh, what you call it uh, Jersey Shore, and uh, it was the oh, wow. it was the episode where basically they were taking basically you know they were like uh, writing like uh, the names of people on the walls that they've slept with, so basically they don't sleep with like each other's boyfriends or whatever, and uh, basically uh, uh, Butthead basically uh, basically saying uh, you know this is the family tree for whores, and is like uh, <laughs> and then the beavers you gotta say if you trace it all the way back. You'll get to the origins of syphilis, and it was just, it was, oh, I just, I, I, I you know, the, the fact that they could still take the make out, they take the piss out of, uh, you know, modern day stuff, and uh, you know, also kind of refer back to the old stuff as well. It was just, it was, uh, it was absolutely hilarious. So uh, anyway, we'll go, uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, number fifteen for me is Bucky O'Hare of the Toe Wars. Ah, oh, yeah, brilliant. I've got a friend uh, who is obsessed with uh bucky o'hare and mm. uh he has them all on uh, his hard drive he knows every episode inside out um and i'm trying to think now what's the catchphrase something about um t- toasting the toads or something like that let's I'm croak trying... toes oh, let's right. let's croak some toads that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he'll say that because he's a filmmaker mm. and when you know when it's time to start work, you'll say, "Let's croak some toads." Oh, that's, you know, that's he, awesome. He's that obsessed with it. Yeah, I, I actually I saw something really awesome with Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars, and uh, some guy was like trying to do like uh, trying to get into Marvel, and uh, so he did a comic uh, crossover of uh, Bucky O'Hare and Star Fox, and I just thought this is the most awesome thing I've ever fucking seen. And wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on DeviantArt somewhere, so if you can find it, you know, just put in like Star Fox Bucky O'Hare, and uh, you'll be able to. Uh, Wow. to find it and uh, what what a, that was an awesome crossover and you know my my childhood just went into overload when i saw that so uh, mm-hmm. yeah so bucky o'hare you know bucky o'hare and uh the uh he had uh, his uh, shipmates uh, uh blinky uh willie obviously uh bruiser and uh, also he had uh, dead eye as well and uh and um uh who what was the name of the psychic or oh, the uh i can't remember her name now and it no, really escapes can't. me it's oh good. it's uh uh, Jenny. Oh, there we go. So, uh, yeah. I tell you what, you had a psychic, you know, really mysterious being, and you called her Jenny. It's like, uh, <laughs> hey, we got this really mysterious artifact from the uh, from the unknown jungle with super uh, stoked powers and stuff like that. What's his name? Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so. Let's move on quickly because uh, I know uh, we're pressing for time. But uh, number fourteen is all grown up. 
Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Rugrats teenage thing. Yeah. I mean, I put this in because obviously it came on the top of basically the year I was watching cartoons and when this was released. So, uh, you know, obviously it's the Tommy Chucky and uh, all the kids that are grown up in the teenage years. And uh, obviously, and also the CEO. Oh, who was it who uh, did that song in Shrek? Uh, they made an appearance. Uh, shows uh, how much I remember. Um, uh, yeah, somebody uh, once told me the world is gonna. Oh, me, I'm not very good. Uh, saying, but Smash Mouth. oh yeah, not Smashing Pumpkins. It was Smash Mouth, was it? Uh, yeah, Smash, Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. There we go. Yeah, they made an appearance in the show as well. And uh, mind you, if you uh, want celebrity appearances, uh, who wants who? Uh, the thing, the one that holds the record right now is the Proud Family. So uh, I guess that wasn't too too impressive, I guess at the time. But yeah, all grown up. You know, it was uh, all grown up with you. Uh, number thirteen was Transformers. Yeah. Oh, nice. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was the 1980s series, not like the modern series. So, uh, no, no, yeah, the original. The original good ones. Tell you what, yeah. I still have that uh, image in my mind of when uh, Optimus Prime lifted up an ocean liner and he went to Megatron and said, Here, catch! And you just saw this massive animation of just this massive ocean liner just like, landing on top of Megatron <laughs> and splashing it down. I just thought, <laughs> wow, what a way to own somebody. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I would always uh, stake my reputation on um, the fact that the 1980s animated film is better than all of the Michael Bay films put together. Oh, absolutely. It's like, what about Michael Bay? Is, uh, he should be indicted for uh, crimes against childhood uh, childhood in rumours. You know, it's uh, yep. some of the awful yep. things he's done to the Transformers series. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I, mean, I will pick the animated series way over in any of the uh, Michael Bay films any day. Yeah. So uh, even even the original t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films is going to be I I believe are better than that Nickelodeon one that came out uh, before. You can't beat the originals. <laughs> yeah. In, including yeah, no. <laughs> including Turtles in Time and I'm saying that with some huge balls. Wow. So, uh, that is that is big balls. That, that is big definitely. balls, yeah. That was a, that, the third one was absolutely atrocious. Mm. Uh okay, so uh Transformers. Uh, number 12 is Celebrity Deathmatch. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Oh yeah, my. <laughs> One of my friends is really obsessed with this show, but I'm, I I like it. It's it's kind of funny, but I you know, <laughs> yeah. the, it's just not my cup of tea. The fights that stand out in my mind are the uh, the ones with the ER doctors where they basically were operating on each other, and uh, the um, the other ones was the cock fight as well between uh, what you call it, um, um, what was the uh, it was um, oh, the guy who owns Playboy and the guy who owns Hustler, I think it was, and uh, so they had that. Uh, battle and then there was uh, the one where uh oh, nick was it not was it nick diamond yeah i think it was nick diamond who got in the ring and fought that alien and uh that was that one as oh well. yeah and uh, yeah. That, that was an awesome moment and, uh, and uh, uh, any any episode that has stone cold steve austin in it that one that, those ones are cool so beavis versus butthead that was a good one oh yeah i, I actually i didn't see that one so uh, i'll have to go find uh, it, it was it, but... really it was really good and then the one where they took the dna of dead celebrities and made like monster men out of them and then they had to fight each other I think they had three versions of that. That was pretty cool. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember that one. Anyway, we'll quickly breeze through these next ones. uh, And uh, I feel a bit bad breezing through them because obviously they're the top 10 now. But I know we're nearly the top 10. Uh, Number 11 is The Legend of Korra. Not seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I only put that at number 11 because I've not seen very many of the episodes. I have, like, seen a few, like, some of, like, the finale episodes and things like that, but uh, it was there at the time I watched it, and so it kind of ended up in my top. top. But mind you, I didn't put it, like, in a pretty high place. I think people probably uh, want my balls in a shredder. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so number 10 is South Park. Yeah, brilliant. 
Yeah, something exactly. that mm-hmm. has gotten gotten better with age. Yeah. Quite, so oh what, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was, I'd say I put it in number ten because the older episodes are great, but the newer episodes not so much. And so it would have been higher if basically they kind of like cut it off at a particular point. But you know, obviously, I think I think the new episodes have sort of kind of uh, sprawled it a little bit compared to the other shows that I've got in the in the mm. top ten. So, and once we go through them all, you'll understand why. Uh, number nine, we've already talked about it last episode. Uh, last episode, it's Animaniacs. Oh yes. Yes. Ah. I used to love the Animaniacs. Yeah. Hello, nurse. And it goes on number nine <laughs> because it's uh, got various uh, characters in it. It's got so many possibilities. It's had its emotional episodes. It's had its uh, funny episodes. It's had its insane episodes. It's had the whole lot. And also it's uh, done perfect from start to finish. So uh, that's uh, number nine. Uh, number eight is Fillmore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like reason? that show. Yeah, <laughs> this episode goes in number eight for me because uh, obviously it's a really great, I believe, a really great detective show. You know, obviously it is a bit kiddish, but still. I thought the idea of like having a safety patrol, basically these detectives and like this whole police force and stuff like that, I thought was <laughs> awesome. Although it was a great concept and they did it really well. I actually wanted to, actually came up with another episode. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar basically with the troubles in Northern Ireland, but I wanted to do an episode that was kind of based on that called The Problems. And basically they kept like bombing each other with like, I don't know, exploding pastries or whatever or something like that uh, but, uh, yeah. i thought it'd be really awesome like so basically for example you know the kid before it was known as x middle school it was known as like uh, y and known as z and uh, basically there's still these uh, harborings of basically you know uh, oh i still believe i'm y and i still believe i'm z even though we're all in x middle school and they basically there was like mm. all this uh, chaos so i would have loved to have based an episode on the troubles in northern ireland but uh, you know, uh, who knows? A fan fiction might get mm. written one day. So uh, if I ever get time to write, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but yeah, film always a great film always a great show. So uh, that's uh, that's one number eight. Number seven is as as told by Ginger. Yes! Oh, that yeah. was one of the best shows ever. Oh. Yeah. That, yeah, it was funny. Uh, it was emotional. It had characters we could relate to. The clothes changed on the characters. It won awards. It uh, was, uh, you know, it just every bit of it was done. I believe one hundred percent right. And uh, though you can probably reason when I go reason I put it at number seven is probably the reason why I've, I've uh, listed all the other ones. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. It had it had its good episodes and then it had its weak episodes. And uh, you know, I just thought. Uh, oh, so I didn't. I didn't like Courtney. It's like uh, I just thought. You know, she was so. Uh, yeah. Headed in 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 that, so uh, that was kind of a bit of a down. I think if Courtney was a bit more, I think more flushed out as a character, I think I probably would have liked it a little bit more. But uh, hey, we had Ginger Fatley, we had all the other ones, and uh, so uh, very varied and uh, great episodes as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, number six is Batman the animated series. Oh, <laughs> amazing! Oh. I- I've yes. got uh, series one and two on DVD, series three and four. I don't know whether they've had uh, an English release yet, yeah. um, but I'm determined to get hold of them yeah. somehow. But yeah, amazing. I would say arguably one of the best Batman and definitely the best Joker there has ever been. Yeah. It was the kids. Oh, definitely. It was the kids episode that treated us like adults, and it did it mm-hmm. well. And uh, it gave mm-hmm. us characters we could get emotionally interested in. It could give us people we could root for, people who we could be against. It gave us characters that basically we were like, for at the beginning, like Harvey Dent, and then he turned into Two-Face, and then we kind of hated him as a bad guy, and yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. uh, also, you know, it's uh, it kind of gave us relatable episodes with the Joker as well, and, uh, you know, Harlequin. And, uh, well, it gave like us that. Harlequin. Oh, yeah. You know, end yeah. off like it's uh, mm. yeah, and there's still that uh, you know whether they actually you know had uh, been together as a couple and stuff like that. So there was all that to play with and things yeah. like that. So that was really Mr. Cool. J. <laughs> yeah, Mr. J. hello, Putin. 
Don't you want to ride your pony? Wonderful to see you. I wonder if it, I wonder if they if they brought it back and they did like uh, you know when they, the I don't know would it would it be kind of bad if they brought it back and they basically based it off the Dark Knight so basically you had uh, the Joker who had like these scars in his face like oh, I don't know how I got these scars and stuff like that <laughs> I don't know like they've they've done a few Batman cartoons since the Dark Knight um, mm. but they've n they've not done a darker one yet no Can if anything go? they've done a more light-hearted batman brave and the bull yeah you know, like it's, uh... also, if batman gets any darker you won't be able to see uh yeah, the whole screen would just be black Jesus. okay um number five is hey arnold which uh, i think uh, i know what some people are going to say <laughs> yes <laughs> i know it's not number five let me let me explain why it's number five. I'm not saying it's uh, you know I love Hey Arnold to pieces and it, you know in my personal opinion it would be number one. But uh, I believe some of the other shows that you're going to see in the next top four now you know you'll probably understand why. But Hey Arnold, you know it had episodes we could laugh at. It had episodes we get emotionally involved with Parents Day, uh, Arnold's Valentine, uh, the Journal, all of that stuff. But the one thing that weighs it down is that it does have its bad episodes. Arnold betrays Ziggy, new bully on the block, and. Uh, a few other ones which I don't really like either, you know, where Rondo goes broke is sort of kind of rubs me a wrong way some, a little bit. But, uh, yeah. you know, there's unfortunately, while Hey Arnold that is really good episodes and really engaging characters and stuff like that, there is some stuff that does weigh it down. And on top of that, basically, it was cut down during its, pri well, during its prime, so uh, it was... Uh, so I think you'll understand why these why these next are in the top four, so uh, we'll quickly move on mm -hmm. to them. Uh, number four is Futurama. Hey! Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's like, it had its, its uh, mind you, it did get a bit dry as it went on, but as it was brought back when it came off cancellation, some of the episodes they came back with were fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's uh, also on top of the fact that they could even play with the original content, uh, you know, from like the original episodes of the show and kind of mix it in its own way. That in itself was quite hilarious and the way it was very clever at the, at the same time. So, uh, you know, for me, Futurama is just because it had so many possibilities and because it could be played around with so much. You know, for me, it, it's obviously at number four. And, uh, you know, so, uh, and the fact that all the fa fans uh, said when it was cancelled, you know, say, you know, to Bender, save my shiny metal ass. And it was, <laughs> that metal ass was saved. You know, it has uh -huh. some kind of power behind it. So, uh, that for me, Futurama is number four. Okay, number three is The Simpsons. Yes, yes, yes. oh yes. And uh, yep. the reason it's number three and not number one, which uh, some people will be very shocked at, is because The Simpsons had some good old episodes, but then I'd say post Who Shot Mr. Burns, I would say, or maybe actually no, maybe a bit further than that. Yeah, I should tell you, is a say post Who Shot Mr. Burns. I think The Simpsons kind of lost its way a little bit. I mean, mm. we all hate the principal and the pauper. We don't really like that the the, the episodes that have like the celebrities in just for the sake of having celebrities in. You know, these newer episodes yeah. that are in HD and stuff like that. Some of these episodes rub me the wrong way. And uh, you know, I've not actually watched The Simpsons in quite a while now. So whether there's still good episodes on there or not, you know, now I'm not too sure. But uh, for me. You know, I'll always be in love with the older episodes of The Simpsons. Those older seasons and uh, yeah. the new episodes, I'll somewhat put up with because obviously the rest of the family watch them and stuff. But still, you know, that's the reason The yeah. Simpsons episodes number three it does have those great episodes. It, it outstrips most of the what I've got on my list on the top twenty-five, but not enough, I believe, to get number one because I believe some of the bad episodes weigh it down. So uh, mm -hmm. okay, number two is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh yeah, now that, that's that's yeah. interesting because I know that the cartoon 
Well, I remember the cartoon being on. I tried to get into it, but I never really did. Not like sort of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I could never really get into it, but I understand that you know it was sort of highly acclaimed and loads of people loved it. I know that the film they did of it was utter dog shit. Oh yeah, the film was awesome. Um, you know, but uh, no, I can understand that one being on the list. Yeah, so. but uh, you know, this is yeah. the thing though. It was well structured. You know, they didn't over overban the episodes. They didn't make you know really bad episodes. I don't believe. I believe there were some weak episodes, but I wouldn't say they were like downright disgraceful. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, when they could make us laugh, they did. When they took us, when they could make us take them seriously, they did. When they could make us cry, they did. You know, like uh, mm. th- there were some really emotional episodes in that show as well, which we could really get emotionally involved into. The epic battle at the very end lived up to the hype and uh, all the battles in between that that were, like sends out the episodes you know like the massive battle on season one with the uh, the uh, the water bending tribe and stuff like that fighting the fire nation everything kind of went uh, the way it should have done and it even you know it just invested us and enthralled us and uh, i hope at some point you know uh, i know my little brother's got a couple of the episodes on dvd but i hope i might get the box set and probably get like the you know the graphic novel showing where you know where uh, oh, suko's yeah. mother is and stuff like that so uh, i really need to uh, get myself invested in that once the financial uh, arrangements uh, uh, sure. come come to uh, come to uh, come to work. Okay, so we've been for all uh, twenty. We've been on the twenty-four, which leads us to the last one. So, are you ready for what I believe the number one cartoon show was in my childhood? Go for it. Okay, the number one episode. I uh, will say the number one show in my top twenty-five list is uh, Cartoon Network's The Water Cartoon Show. Huh. I, I don't know this one. What's this one? This is I've the, never heard of it. Let me okay. Let me explain this one. Are you familiar with Dexter's Laboratory? Yes. Are you familiar with Johnny Bravo? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Powerpuff Girls? Yes. Yes. Are you familiar with uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with um well Family Guy? Yes. Oh yeah. All these shows spawned out of the Water Cartoon Show, and I believe that's what makes it superior. Because basically, it pretty much gave Cartoon Network their dominance for a good couple of years with their shows. And basically, all these shows debuted on What a Cartoon Show. And before wow. anyone says, well, I didn't see The Family Guy on What a Cartoon Show, it was actually a short that actually appeared, uh, actually Seth MacFarlane did, which was actually the original pilot for Family Guy. It didn't become Family Guy until basically they ch- they changed it up a little bit. But there is actually a, a a pilot episode for like the original idea for Family Guy, which is like an old guy and his dog. Yeah, so. I've seen that. Yeah, I have seen that. He looks yeah. like Quagmire, doesn't he? He does, yeah, and- <laughs> Uh, the dog looks very different from uh, from Brian, I have to say. But uh, mind you, all these shows spawn out of the Water Cartoon show. On top of that, uh, other uh, kids' channels looked at that show and said, hey, you know, we should do that. So basically, Oh Yeah! Cartoon started on Nickelodeon, which kind of spawned uh, the Vale Yard Parents. And, uh, mm-hmm. But mind you, that's all it really spawned. It didn't really spawn anything else. And also, Disney tried to do their own variation, which unfortunately fell flat and uh, really didn't give me much... Uh, to the imagination so uh he had uh i believe that it's the superior show it spawned uh cartoon networks uh, shows for the next decade or so it's uh had you know people tried to copy it but couldn't get near it the water cartoon show i believe was uh, the number one cartoon show because it's just uh it gave us uh, pretty much uh, a, a good slop a good slice of our childhood and also made uh, artists you know imagine more and uh, did more sketches and stuff like that and uh, gave us more possibilities well, I will mm. certainly give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds fantastic. I mean, I've heard of all the other shows that it spawned from, but I, that's that's really cool. 
Yeah, so uh, anyway, I'm sure the comment section is going to be uh, full of uh, people saying what the hell am I thinking and things like that. But uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully you all agree with me those with those top 25. So uh, I'm sure Josh will have his uh, op- opinion on that as well, whether he's coming on. Actually, actually I'm just wondering about that at the moment because uh, next week's show might be a little bit difficult because uh, not because it's... Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it is because it's uh, Valentine's Day and uh, uh, there is a, a special woman in my life. Basically, it's my mom's birthday, so uh, we're all going out for a birthday. So all the family and everybody. So uh, I love my mom to pieces. So uh, and uh, be out with the family and everyone. So uh, I'm not going to be alone this Valentine's Day. So hooray! Yay! Yay. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, Johnny Liza of Valentine's Day because uh, I was thinking I was going to be uh, all by myself again, but nope, I'm going to be out with my family and uh, enjoying uh, enjoying ourselves and uh, celebrating my mom's birthday and everything. So it's doing, really doing cool. something meaningful with the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I think we're done. So, uh, I mean, um, uh, anything you want to plug before we go, uh, Harry? Or uh, No, I'll just say I've had a, a great time and uh, look forward to coming back on again soon. Absolutely. If you want to be one of my regulars on the show, you know, if you feel free, you know, uh, you know, Josh is going to be on regularly and he's really cool to talk to. And uh, uh, sure. if you want to be one of my regulars on the show as well, I mean. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. I, I'd really like that. Yeah, and uh, also we've got Ajaya as well. She likes to come on from time to time. Uh, she's got a busy schedule herself, so sometimes she does and sometimes she doesn't. But, uh, you know, if we can get something really cool going on where basically we can get like three or four people on and you know, we can just talk about stuff, you know, it's uh, that'd be a really great thing to do. So, uh, sure. yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. So anyway, um, uh, just to let you know, uh, if you listen, you can listen to this show on Mixcloud.com forward slash Aaron Meta. You can also find me on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. Find me on Twitter as well, Twitter.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. And also you can find me on all the RSS feeds, Player FM, Stitcher. Uh, you can also find me on iTunes as well. Uh, we're expanding quite big, quite big at the moment. I'm trying to get us, but I really doubt we're going to do it, but on Podcast One. Because uh, that's that's the place where Stone Cold Steve Austin has his podcast. But uh, I put a, a application in. Whether I'm going to get it or not, I'm not too sure. But uh, we're all hoping for the best. And also th- think think about this. You know, the Craig Bartlett interviews have been a massive success. Uh, the uh, the one of them actually went to uh, number one on in the interview section of Mixcloud.com. And I got an in- I got an email basically saying, you know, uh, congratulations, your uh, your interview with Craig Bartlett is now number one in this genre, and it was there for a week. So uh, mm, nice. I was very, very happy about that. So uh, thanks, guys, for supporting the show. Hope you keep supporting it as well. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, been really great to uh, have one of the one shows again. So uh, we'll see if we do a show next week. Uh, please don't be too disappointed if there isn't one because, obviously, it is Valentine's Day. Maybe I might <laughs> do one for uh, for Monday evening. Uh, probably do some... Uh, do some politics and stuff like that. And uh, I'm actually toying with the idea of doing a show after BBC Question Time. So uh, I know they already have better Question Time Extra Time on the BBC, but I'm thinking about doing uh, probably like a 15-minute review of just my personal thing back on Blog Talk Radio where I used to broadcast in New York City. But uh, I'm still thinking about that at the moment. It's nothing's uh, set in stone, but uh, still it's uh, still uh, a lot of thinking to do uh, with what I want to do myself uh, radio-wise. So uh, guys, thank you very much for being on the show once again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having, and having for, us. And for all of you guys listening to us, uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to the show, and we will catch you, if not next week, the week after. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.